All right, and we're back. We're back. After that short little break. Um, so now we're going to get into all of the movies. So I have them all pulled up. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to cover all the shorts first. Um, like I said, we will name them all. Um, and if somebody watched them, we will talk about it for just a couple seconds, talk about what we liked, whatever. Hold um, on to your butts, everyone. Hold, hold on, Here hold we go. Up. Check it out. <laughs> we got all of our notepads out. I said we were covering movies, and all the notepads came out. <laughs> um, speaking of, I need to find mine. Oh. Speaking of, I got it. Okay. Um, okay, so we're talking about uh, shorts to start off. Um, uh, so this this thing starts off with. Um, can I say I'm, something real quick? Yeah. I uh, do want to say the sh- the thing about shorts is that the title card can be literally anywhere. So I might not have gotten all of the titles of the ones that oh, I watched. Yeah. That's that's Sometimes totally fine. I went through and looked at the block mm-hmm. and then pieced together what I missed on the title card. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to piece together what the from the title what movie matches your notes. Hopefully. Because <laughs> that's what I did. I, I went down and looked afterwards. So uh, I'm just running down the list of the Tallgrass stuff because it gives me uh, the directors, all that kind of stuff. So um, Also, if you are a filmmaker and I read off your name, I will 1,000% butcher it. I am so sorry. Um I'm not trying to on purpose. Obviously, I'm doing it the best of my ability as just a uh, Midwestern white man. I don't, I don't know culture names very well. <laughs> I just can't say them. I'm sorry. Well, I, it you just you just I wouldn't say names, just in general. Like words aren't your thing, so that's that, okay. As sometimes I do stubble. I have a stutter already, so it doesn't I'm help di- when I'm trying. Yeah, to, uh, I'm just saying like it's not she's just look, like she's looking native. out for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm aware. <laughs> I made him mad during the break, so. Um, okay, so it's starting off with uh, a Masti Toffee. Uh, sure, I butchered it, but it's supposed. To, uh, it's called Public Toilet Africa. The director is uh, Kofi Afosu Luba. Um, this is a movie about. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to do synopsis. I'm so sorry. But also, uh, isn't this a feature? It is. It was the first thing on the list. I'm oh, okay. just going down. They're supposed to all be shorts. Uh, it is 95 minutes long, so it oh, is. That's fair. It's definitely a feature, but I don't want to skip it because mm-hmm. we're doing all the shorts and then shoot back up to this yeah, one because yeah. I might forget. You're good. Um, so yeah, this is a feature, and then we'll get into the shorts. I'm just uh, trying to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, so I was the one that watched this one. Uh, um, I thought uh, while watching it, I was really confused. There's three different storylines that are all happening at once, mm. um, and it's all happening like it feels like it didn't give you like it didn't give you a lot of time with each storyline to really understand what the purpose of those storylines were and how they really connected. Um, but then they they do eventually connect, and I thought how they connected was uh, very interesting. Um, and like what the purpose of them finally connecting were. Um, and uh, I did listen to the filmmaker talk about the movie afterwards, which greatly helped my experience thinking on the movie mm-hmm. uh, because he told me that, uh, or he told everybody that he wasn't necessarily making a movie that was supposed to be a narrative film. It was supposed to be more of a poem than a story. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that makes a lot of sense because it was hard to follow the actual narrative story um, but it was more supposed to be the feeling of those those moments. Like it was supposed to be a poem about um, a small uh, country in Africa. Um, and so 
uh, once I talked, heard him talk about it a little bit, it, it made a lot more sense. I like, I ended up liking the film a lot afterwards. He explained the title of the movie, which, uh, also greatly helped. Uh, he said he named it, uh, that, which means public, uh, toilet Africa, um, because nobody chooses to use a public restroom. It's out of necessity. You have no choice. There's no other things to go to. You just have to use this toilet. Um, and it's supposed to be representing that everybody there, everybody in this country has no other choice to do other than what they're doing. Like they're doing what they're doing out of necessity. They, Mm. they feel like they have no choice in their lives. So the stories that we're hearing from these people, they feel like they have no choice to do what they're doing. It's out of necessity that they're doing these things, whether they're good or bad. Um, so that made a lot more sense once he finally tied in what all the, like, um, I didn't quite get it on the first first watch, uh, and having him talk about it really made sense and made me enjoy the movie more. We're also not going to rate these. I don't want to put any numbers on yeah. any of the filmmakers. It's just uh, talking about them. Um, so uh, it, yeah, it was uh, um, yeah, it was it was a lot better after hearing because um, it, it was just I was just really confused for a lot of it, but then. Um, the ending did clear up a lot, and then him talking about it really, really helped the film. So, um, so that is Amasi Toffee, um, uh, Ghana. It's about uh, uh, the country of Ghana. Um, so now we are getting into shorts. So uh, uh, the first block on here. This is not in order of what was shown during the the festival. It's just the order of how they present it on the website, um, so that I'm not missing anything. Um, it is the comedy short. Uh, film program which our lovely all-time guest uh, decided to uh, go and watch. Uh, I was going to because I love comedy uh, but was not able to. Um, So, the first movie on this block (laughs) is called An Example of Lee Roth's Fog Isolated Under uh, Laboratory Conditions directed by Ryan Peskart. Um, It was only a three minute long short. What did you... uh, uh yeah, so my first note is who's Lee Roth, but I read the synopsis a minute ago and it's the David Lee Roth from Van Halen. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it was it was pretty funny after I figured out who that was. People were cracking up in the theater. The like, visuals. It was fog, um, like really close up. So it looked pretty cool, and it was um. Uh, David Lee Roth's like gotcha like for the whole three minutes <laughs> okay um yeah I mean you don't have to say anything else you, okay yeah, yeah. It, you you can keep it as brief as you want okay. if you really want to expand you definitely can but um, I mean there wasn't a lot to it yeah you know it, it was just a fun it was, yeah. little short yeah 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 um, the next one on there was uh, we should get dinner um, directed by Elisa Jimenez uh, Cosio and Lexi Tannerholtz. Um, producer was Lexi Tannerholtz, um, which was a 10 minute long uh, comedy short. Yeah. Uh, so this one, in through the middle of it, the audio cut out of this one in the when we were watching it. But after that, the they got the audio working. We saw the next one, and then they went back to this one to. Uh, make sure that we saw the yeah, whole thing yeah. and um it was funnier the second time around because <laughs> you could hear it you could, there was like that awkward time of like is it supposed to be silent or or like is something wrong um but yeah it was very funny it was very well done it was 
it, very relatable um, to people. It was about step siblings whose parents got divorced and they lost touch and they were having dinner. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. If you uh, like comedy, I think it was good. They did a good job. Sweet. Uh, next one on here was the manager position uh, directed by uh, Craig Tro. Producer was Andrew Carlberg, Alexandria Boyd, uh, Addison Dent, and Bryant Cook. Um, yeah, thoughts on that one? A 60-minute long short? 60 minutes? 16. Oh, 16. I was like, that was not an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, this one was good, too. I didn't really have any complaints notes. about it. I, did, I mean, yeah, I had notes. I, I don't know what you guys expect me to write down. <laughs> I said confusing, super relaxed for sure. That definitely <laughs> sounds like my notes. That's what. I, so, okay, good. Yeah. I, I was really confused. Per a lot of the shorts, I was confused because there's not, I mean, it's a short. There's yeah. not a lot of pre. Yeah. yeah. You're just kind of like thrown into this thing. and ooh. It was very, um, it was very relatable for people. It was um, kind of during COVID. I I didn't really like the story of it because the guy was like lying to his wife. Um, but overall, I mean, it was funny. It was interesting. Sweet. Um, this could have been an email. <laughs> I already like the title. Uh, Nicole Kemper and Sarah Allison Hoags, and producer uh, was Nicole Kemper. So. Yeah, this one was great. Uh, they they're like working in a shop and um they're like freaking out because they had one of the workers called someone instead of sending an email and like and it was very relevant because like in today's society nobody wants to answer their phone like people have a lot of anxiety like calling people or um talking on the phone and so it was it was like an extreme version of like please don't call me or talk to me on the phone um so yeah, super relevant, very funny, very well done. The colors were great. I I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, next one was Time Cop. Justice has a new name, which is awesome because Time Cop is already an established movies. Oh, I don't recall. Hang on. Okay, it was uh, directed by Ethan Hawthorne. Dallas uh, producer was Marley Rankin. Rankin. So you don't remember that one. That's really fine. You may it have got, you may have missed it. So it got mixed up because um, because we had to go back and watch that other short. Yeah, because of the audio stuff. So I don't think that I saw this one. That's really fine. I would have loved it. I might still watch this one because I, if I'm remembering correctly, Time Cop is already a thing. That's a hilarious Wait, bit is- online. So that might be by the same people. So okay. That's really fine. Next one was Cruise, <coughs> which was directed by Sam Rudikoff, and producer was Mark Delotiville. De yeah, this was super funny. It was very unique, very fun. It had kind of a uh, the poster looks dope. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll tell you something really quick. Sure. About it, but um, you know how you like people get scam calls literally all the time now. Yeah. Um, it was playing off of that and this guy had a gun to this other guy's head and the guy had a phone book and he just had to open up the phone book and call somebody and try to give them these cruise tickets and you had three chances and if none of them took them, then you, then he shot you. So like at the very beginning, the first guy gets shot. This is comedy. (laughs) 
It was really funny. Because <laughs> I'm just it's like, like this sounds like a horror. I know, but <laughs> or like thriller or whatever. I don't want to like give, give everything away, away yeah. but um, it yeah, was just so everyone knows. All of these movies are still available <laughs> on Tallgrass Virtual for another uh, seven days, maybe six days. Depending on when this is out, uh, I think it's one week after the festival ends. Mm. You can still watch it, and so I think until like next Sunday or something. So if, you, if some, one of these sounds awesome, you can definitely uh, just go like buy a pass to watch. You can buy a pass and watch legitimately all of these if you wanted to, but that's impossible. Or you can mm. just uh, go watch a few of them for a couple bucks or whatever. So yeah, no. you can watch this whole segment for I think ten bucks. So that's great. Yeah, I would rec- I would highly recommend that. I they. Everything I saw was was really good. Sorry, you can continue with your cruise talk. Though. Yeah, this one I don't understand. Oh, because he's he's selling, he's giving away tickets to a cruise. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah, I thought yeah, very relevant, very fun. Had I'm really it. mad I missed this one, like this whole segment. Oh yeah. Um, so the uh, next one was Hot Singles. It is directed by Laura J. Hawking. Uh, producer was Sarah Fleming. Nope. Didn't watch it. No. Nope. Okay, no problem. Um, thank you for submitting your film and and. Glad you got uh, got picked up here. Um, the Mountain uh, director was Claire McDonald. Uh, producer was uh, Robin Forsythe. Yeah. Producer was Robin Forsythe. This one was very intellectual for being a comedy short and oh. and being a comedy. Yeah. Fourteen minutes long. Um, it it was a um about mental health. And I did. I don't really. I mean, there were funny aspects to it, but I wouldn't put it in a comedy. Um, but yeah, it was okay. very good, very well done. I loved the um, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes, kind of awesome. Thing. Uh, next one was Valid uh, Glitter. Uh, director was Alexander Hagney. Um, producer is Michelle Capita Cruz, Alexander Hagney, and then Patrick Berlin. Um. Yeah, this one Mm-mm. didn't watch it. Okay, no. no problem. Thank you for uh, submitting. Glad it got shown at Tallgrass. Um, Gay Dream. Um, director was Brandon Wilson. Producer was James Reiner. No, I had to leave early. Gotcha. From this one, so yeah, I you had to see something. There's else. one more that I saw. Okay. Well, but just, I can just tell you when you get to. Yeah. It. Okay. Um, another one that was shown during this was a uh, uh, Dollar Generals. Um, that was a director was uh, Claire Downs and Brendan Gallagher. Uh, producer was Tyler Mercer. Um, and then Dinner Party. Uh, director was Sam uh, Findlay. Uh, producer was Michael Emmett Shimpek. Uh, Sam F- uh, Findlay and Ricky Nix. Okay, well, that's the last one on those shorts. Um, it was called... However, well, I have I watched Dinner Party. Okay, so I'll perfect. talk about it real yeah. quick. It's only six minutes long. Um, I talked to uh, one of the producers, uh, uh, Michael Emmett uh, uh, Smeck. I'm I'm so sorry I messed up your name. I talked to you, but uh, um, I talked to him earlier in the week. We talked actually quite a bit about a lot of different stuff, um, and made me really nervous to watch the movie because I uh, really liked him. I was <laughs> talking to him, and I'm like, I really hope that I enjoy your movie. Uh, this is the movie that I watched at about 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday uh, night, technically Sunday morning, and uh, absolutely, uh, like, burled out laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie, like, it's it's very short, so it's, it's basically a bit, uh, a comedy bit, um, but it uh, it looks really good. Uh, the production value seemed very high, um, and at the very beginning, I was, my 
my worries were kind of being uh, um, uh, uh, warranted because I was like, this is not really funny. And like, I don't know. I was like, what? Like, this is only six minutes. Like, this has got to pick up. And then, boom, the thing happens. And I just <laughs> burled out laughing. And then the rest of the film, so, uh, like, the other three to four minutes were absolutely hilarious. So, and I even believe the guy that was the funny, like, the hilarious guy was the guy that I talked to. So, um, at least he looked like him. He just had long hair. So, um, yeah, it was an absolutely, like, a really, really funny short film i mean like you literally just it's all compact um it's just about a little dinner party um and i don't want to spoil anything for anybody that does watch it because once that like once the bit hits like it's it's hilarious um i actually think i'm going to show them later um to see if they like it as much as i do so um it seems like that's the end of the short uh the comedy shorts uh tristan might have something else though yeah there was one called lily okay uh, that was really good, and I'm looking on their website. I can't find it. Anywhere, well, just so. talk about it, and if I see it later, I can uh, okay. I can tell the directors or whatever. But uh, it seems like there's another one called Lily that may have been added late or something like mm-hmm. that. So go ahead. Yeah, I I mean I thought it was very relevant again, which I kind of like those because it's kind of like a timestamp in in like yeah the world I guess. But um, yeah, very relevant. It was fun. It was um, well acted. I didn't really have any sweet qualms. Yeah, that's with okay. It. Yeah. Um, so the next block was documentary short film programs, which I believe Trevor. Oh, did not. I. Oh, I thought you did. So, I, like I said, I will just read all of these um, and <laughs> read off the directors. The first one doesn't even have a director on here, but. Uh, I will go ahead and just read these off uh, to just state the movies that were shown uh, so you guys are still uh, in the podcast and uh, uh, showcase. So uh, Art Chooses Us uh, was the first movie in there, and then that one does not have a listed director. Uh, Video of Visit, uh, the director was uh, Malka Zuli Whirl. Um, and then we have Gina, uh, director was Catherine Prescott. Uh, producer was Rachel Sin uh, Serrata, uh, Catherine Prescott, uh, Michael S. Smith, and Nate Hertzeller. Um, Rus- um, this is a different language, um, so I will not really be able to say it, but it's Restoring Neski Imani. Um, director was uh, Lauren Waters. Uh, producer was Dr. Lauren Smith and uh, Lauren Waters. Uh, we also had Stranger Than uh, Rotterdam with Sarah Driver. The director was uh, Louis Colster and Noah Colster. Um, producers was Louis uh, Colster and Noah Colster and then Sarah Driver. Uh, Free to Care. Um, uh, director was Chris Temple and Owen Dubeck. Uh, producer was Joe Jensen and Jenna M. Kelly. Um, and then the last one on this block was A Slice of Paradise. Uh, the director was Liam Tangum, and the producer was Michael Nicholas. So that was all the documentary shorts that were shown. Uh, thank you guys so much for submitting all of your films. Sorry we could not watch them, um, but uh, uh, so glad you guys were able to be a part of Tallgrass Film Festival. Um, next one was the drama shorts. I don't think anybody did those. Mm-mm. Uh, I was going to, but uh, was not able to. Uh, but I did watch this first one because it won an award. Mm. 
This first one is uh, called Kiddo. The director was Paul Taylor and producer was Alex uh, Megaro. Um, yeah, this this took a little bit to get going, in my opinion. Um, but uh, for me, it was more of a comedy than it was a drama. I think it was uh, considered a drama because of the uh, wedding uh, wedding the uh, the wife and husband dynamic and them just struggling with being um, a pregnant couple. Um, which kind of make me, uh, the, the, the guy was obviously supposed to be an asshole husband, which kind of sucked. Um, but, uh, it was all purposeful and, uh, it was supposed to, uh, showcase, um, what you have to sacrifice when you have a kiddo. And, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. I like the plot switch. Um, it took a little bit to get there. Um, and it took me a little bit longer to understand what was happening than apparently somebody else because I talked to somebody else about the movie. And I think they understood it a little bit faster than I did. But uh, overall, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's a, a quick 11 minutes. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that one. Um, next one on there was The Plumber. Director was uh, Kate uh, Carson and producer was Jay Everly. Um, next one was The Closing Night. Um, director was... Uh, Sikong Zhu, um, producer was Ella Rowan Chin and Breely uh, Um I did not watch this one, but I did talk to the producer of the film during an interview, so that will be um, a separate episode. We have a bunch of interviews that we're putting out, so uh, she can talk. I will just show you her uh, talking about the film and such. Uh, it seemed like a really good one that I haven't had the chance to watch yet, but I will be watching it because I... Any filmmaker that I talk to, uh, I'm making it a point to watch all of their films. Um, yeah, so uh, I can't say much about it. I just kind of know the premise because I didn't, I didn't watch it. But uh, thank you so much for uh, really for uh, talking to us and doing that interview. Uh, we have Maddie. Um, director was Zane Rubin. Uh, there's a lot of producers here, so just uh, give me a minute here with uh, Rob Hatch Miller, uh, Marie Alice Rodriguez, Danny. Uh, Hamui uh, executive producers were Addison Rec, uh, Alex Guz, uh, Kelly Zincone, uh, Andrew Solander, um, Rob Hatchmiller, um, and then Marie Alice Rodriguez. Um, and then we have Elevate. Um, director was Dylan Boom. Uh, producer was Connie Lowe uh, Stresch, uh, Jordan Horowitz, and Andrew Kohlberg. Uh, Red Line, which I believe won an award, um, which I watched, so I can say a little bit about this one. Uh, director was Jake uh, Brystrong. Uh, producer was Jake Brystrong, Celie uh, Jenkins, uh, Ian David Pusung, uh, Josh Foland, and Theo Cowan. Um, this movie is about uh, a subway. <laughs> And it made me never want to go on a subway my entire life. Oh, uh, it's no. about going to a subway uh, uh, late at night and there's somebody that looks like they're tweaking out or mm. uh, just being overly aggressive uh, to nobody. Um, but then uh, does the whole, wait, did you were you looking at me kind of thing uh, mm. to an innocent bystander? Mm. Um, and just makes him go into a shell. Um, and it took a turn that I wasn't quite expecting, which I think was interesting. Uh, and the overall point was to... Uh, care about the people that are around you even though that there are people around you that are shitty i think was kind of an interval point which i think was good yeah uh because uh he was so invested and got into the shell because this person kind of came at him that he didn't even notice or care that somebody next to him was badly injured and needed help 
And even mm. though people like rallied around him trying to help him, he was so in a shell that he like wouldn't help and, and didn't have the capacity to help uh, when even like specifically asked. Mm. Um, so I thought it was very interesting. It wasn't the, the, the way that I thought it was going to go. And it had a message that I wasn't expecting. Um, it was a, a really good and looked absolutely fantastic. And the actors were phenomenal. This mm. is uh, definitely a drama. Um, and the guy that was acting all crazy did a great job of having that switch um, in the middle of the movie. Um, and the guy that kind of got in a shell, like really, like it, it was on him to show that um, as an actor, and he did a great job with it. Um, the Pulpit uh, Prelude was the next movie on. I the did docket. watch that one. Okay, sweet. Uh, director was Tolson uh, Morrow Hufel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, producer was Tolson Morrow Hufel. Uh, Christopher Common, Sarah Finley, and Linda Anderson. Yeah, tell us a little about. It's a trailer. Um, it's okay. a it's a it's a short, prelude. <laughs> yeah, basically, and it, it's just a short version of their or a short teaser for their movie. Basically, mm. um, it was definitely interesting. A little hard to follow, if I'm recalling correctly, but um, I mean, it gets the basic point across of what the movie is going to be about. So awesome, yeah. nice. Um. Oh, and I saw this one too. Sweet. Uh, uh, Desi Standard Time Travel. Um, director was... Uh, I even talked to the director, and I'm still going to mess up his name. I'm so sorry, because you are going to be listening to this. You told me you were. Uh, Kasif, uh Pasta. And producers were uh, Siam, uh, Valeria, uh, Eric, Bizard, and um, uh, Kasif, uh Pasta. Uh I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. I talked to you several times this weekend. Uh, this is the uh, uh, the two guys that we talked to at the very end on Wednesday, if you remember that, Trevor. Um, or maybe not. You were pretty drunk that night. <laughs> Wednesday? It was right before you left. It was the two people from uh, Canada. No I, no, I was sober when I talked to them. You were not sober when we talked to them. Well, I was definitely not drunk. <laughs> that was right before we left, and you I, told us I that you were drunk. I introduced you to them, if yes. I remember. Uh-huh. Mm. I'm just saying you got I don't home. like I don't like this light you're painting me in here. <laughs> you uh you you had you had told us that you were really drunk that night and that was the last people that we talked to and that was the last thing you did before you left. So I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but nonetheless, um I talked to them both uh several times throughout the film festival. Um uh, I talked to Eric quite often who is a producer of the film. We Good. have interviews with both the director uh uh Kasif, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Eric. We have uh, interviews with both of them. They were both uh, very enthusiastic to come talk to us and mm-hmm. do an interview uh, when I set up in the lounge. And the movie, I told them both. Um, I watched it. That was one of the movies that I watched uh, uh, in the morning, really late at night. Uh, and that was the movie that made me cry, uh, mm-hmm. or at least on the brink of tears. Um, I will tell you what I told them. Um, I was very... Uh, confused and a little uh it felt a little standard to start and then um it the the twist or not really a twist it's just the the plot actually started and it was very not what i was expecting um i was expecting more of a uh okay it's this is just a son dealing with the death of his father but it's very different from that it's called dasani uh standard time travel so there's some time travel aspects of it they had told me what the movie was about beforehand and i did not understand what that meant at all <laughs> um and after i watched it i completely understand what he what they meant mm-hmm. um and i highly recommend this one um it was uh extremely heartfelt 
Um, if anybody's dealt with any kind of loss, whether it's a father or somebody else, or they're dealing with being a first time, uh, father, it is kind of centered towards the male, uh, audience. Um, as, uh, Eric kind of talked to me about his passion is, uh, is showing films, um, that kind of go against toxic masculinity and showing emotion and, and males mm-hmm. and showing that it's okay and stuff like that. And this kind of has a piece of that. Uh, he didn't write the movie or anything, but he, that's why he joined the project because he realized what it was about, mm-hmm. really loved, uh, the director, um, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, this is the one that almost made me cry. There weren't a whole lot. I don't think there were any actually that did make me cry, but this really got me on the brink of tears. Um, just because of the hardships of like the father son dynamic is just a extremely difficult one to navigate. And, um, this shows it in a breath, like a, a, a fresh idea, fresh way. Um, that was really, really cool. Um, so highly recommend that one. I said it multiple times on our interviews. So, um, <laughs> That is the end of the drama ones. I guess uh, I kind of got the drama movies, even though I didn't go to the segment. I watched two of them. Uh, the next one on here, uh, hopefully we had somebody that watched um, uh, global documentary short films. No. Nope. <laughs> well, we'll read these ones off as well. Uh, Susan and uh, Leslie. I did see that one. Okay. So maybe this is the one that you... The... No, this one played before uh, one of the other features. Gotcha. Um, director was Claire uh, Barnett and producer was Claire Barnett. This was really good. It's about an elderly couple, um, the woman who is blind and uh, the husband, who are both very elderly, getting ready for a trip to go to the grocery store. Um, okay. It's very heartfelt. It's very touching. It, it's just kind of a peek into the lives of people that deal with that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Popping one for awesome. the boys. Yep. No, for the old, the old people. That's right. <laughs> Here's to you. Uh, Susan and Anne Louise. Leslie. Leslie. Yep. I've only had one drink, I swear. Uh, <laughs> opera for Earth. I Presence, saw that one too, actually. The Art of Earth's Festival. Yeah. Um, director was Tony King. Producer was Jonathan Clayton, uh, uh, Telia uh, Harmon, Jason Strickland, and Tony King. Yeah, this was good. It's about a, a school in Georgia who do not have the uh, the funding for art programs of any kind, music, uh, physical art, um, stage, whatever. Yeah. No funding at all. And there is a company called Opera for Earth that goes around, and they're a nonprofit, from what I remember, is three opera singers, and they teach opera to children mm-hmm. that don't have exposure to that. So this group, of, this group of children that they taught, elementary schoolers, all had extensive um, knowledge like R&B and rap and hip hop as told by the superintendent. Um, and they came and taught these kids opera and they put on a concert at the end of the week. And it was, it was very cool to watch happen. I think their website is opera for or opera for earth.org or something like that. Awesome. Mm, sweet. That's great. Um, off topic, not off topic on topic, but not uh, move, not movie going downwards. What is your thought on opera? Are you a huge opera fan? As I a like musician? opera. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's a art form that people don't appreciate as much. I like the. Uh, I say that as somebody that like. I don't know if I could ever see myself going and watching an opera thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm wondering. You definitely should. At least I think everybody should at least one point in their life, go, like you know, treat it like you're back in 
19, 20 or whatever and dress up. I just see Phantom of the Opera and I'm just like, this, I don't know, man. Well, and that's not even opera. That's, I mean, there's opera in it, but it's a musical. Oh. Yeah. Maybe that's why I just like. Maybe. No. But Um, I, I, I like. I guess I don't know. Maybe I should because I like theater much more when I'm there than when mm-hmm. I see it on the screen. Well, and it's it's always very theatrical and very dramatic. And no, I, I've I've played in a few operas and I've seen a few. And that's why I was asking you specifically because that's yeah. your world. <laughs> yep. So, okay, uh, on to more of these documentaries. Soldier. Nope. Okay, I thought maybe we were going to get lucky. You just happened to well, see both, all the, of both these those two were before, before features. Ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, director was Justin Zimmerman. Uh, producer Justin Zimmerman and Brandon Reed. Um, next one on here was Stories Within. Wait a second. What was Soldier about? Soldier was about, uh, Soldier focuses on Daniel Krug, a heroic firefighter, father nope, of five. Nope, never mind. Sorry. Okay. Um, I did see Stories Within, though. Okay. <laughs> Stories Within. Sweet. Uh, director was, uh, PJ Ravel. Uh, producers were Hannah, uh, Hung and Andrew Lee, co-producer Lily, uh, Heim. So this one was about, um... Uh, Pacific Islander and Asian um, biracial people uh, who and their struggles with fitting in with demographics with where they live. Um, You know, uh, Asian American children that are uh, or that have Asian and white parents who grow up in America where they, you know, they don't really to their white friends, they're Asian and to their Asian friends, they're white and they don't really have a place to fit in. And it's them talking to their younger selves. So one of them, you know, you'll see an elderly gentleman who refers to this person as Steve, which is his name. And he'll say, dear Steve, I know that things are not great right now, but then one day this is going to happen. Or, And some of them were a little, more, a little bit more touching. One of them talked about how her, she would encounter a friend who she would lose um, due to her race and um, how her friend wasn't able to handle that. And... Yeah, it was very touching. What was not touching was the woman behind me oh. who was verbally expressing her distaste that the feature hadn't started yet. And that we were still watching Shorts. the short. Yeah. Um it was yeah, that was not a great scene. Yeah. But yeah. I thought I thought this was a very very touching and I think I it, I think it would have hit his target audience well had they been there. Awesome. Mm. Um, next one was $75,000. Uh, director was Musi Togo. Uh, producer was Lee Frenzoni. Uh, and the studio, National Desk Arts uh, Contemporaneous. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> see, I just don't know words in general. Um, I did see this. This is what showed before um, the public African... Ta- uh, I wonder if these are the shorts that played before the features. I bet <laughs> they, that's what this is. Yeah, or the documentaries that showed before shorts. Because mm-hmm. uh, there were also I don't know I don't know if I did see. If, There's uh, not one that I've seen, and I saw several yeah. before the features. Well, we're not so. done yet. Okay, <laughs> possible. Just hold on. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyways, um, this is the weirdest one I saw. This is a very abstract, uh, artistic, um, fe- uh Doc, feature doc. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it, or not. Definitely not feature, but narrative. Doc, I I really don't know. I think it's documentary about um, uh, the racism in Africa against albino black people. Oh, wow. okay. Um, and I think it's uh, uh, the duality of some some cultures finding them as being the devil and other ones seeing them from God. Interesting. And how uh, they were stolen from their homes. Uh, and so uh, I guess I I don't I never specifically said sold. I don't think. <laughs> 
But the $75,000 makes me feel like that was maybe a target mm-hmm. price point for these people because there were certain times where it showed them uh, – it told the story of them being taken away from their families and their family being murdered so that they could have them. Um, and all of it was shown uh, through one, either a close-up of a like microscopic close-up of an albino person's skin mm-hmm. um, going through their body, basically, uh, who was naked. You didn't see like yeah. nudity, but it was like a naked albino person's body. So like you see every aspect of their body, yeah. uh, but heavily animated. Every other mm-hmm. piece of the film was animated. Um um, and it was all see-through animation, CD, uh, see-through 3D animation. Interesting. So yes, it was just very abstract and weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that sounds like what the hell are you talking about? It was also what the hell am I looking at? Like mm-hmm. it, it, not in a bad way. I was just you're you're really trying to pick out what and it's all being narrated. So the the narration is kind of the focal point, and the in this weird 3D animation is kind of supposed to be kind of depicting and showing you the narration in this weird abstract way Mm -hmm. um yeah and so it was very interesting but very difficult to follow because of how abstract and weird the the thing was it was Mm -hmm. also narrated in a different language so i was reading the subtitles as well which is totally fine i don't mind reading subtitles at all but it was just another aspect of trying to understand everything that's happening and i'm also trying to read it as well so um, definitely not bad in any means, um, was just really, uh, was just an odd one. And th- this is kind of like the, when you go to a film festival, you don't know what you're going to get yourself into. Mm-hmm. That's what this film was. It's not that it's like, that was crappy. This is shit. It's yeah. just, I like, you would never expect to see something like this ever. Like it's just so outside of the norm mm-hmm. of, of art that it's kind of. You're trying to dissect it while watching it, and then you're still trying to dissect it later because you don't. You're trying to process what really happened, and I think I got the main message of, of. I mean, I hope the message was supposed to be about. That's what I got from it. Yeah, was the the African racism against the albino community uh, inside of Africa. Gotcha. Uh, I hope that's that's what I got from it. So I hope that was kind of the point. If not, I'm maybe I'm way off. But <laughs> um, anyway, so that's uh, yeah, very very interesting um, way to showcase a film um the body is a house of familiar rooms i believe this won an award did anybody want okay did not uh director was elosi sherrod and lauren welch uh producer was elosi sherrod so yeah I, I believe i uh uh um that this one won an award the next one i know that tristan watched uh, <laughs> in the search of pregame uh we talked to this director and producer jason r.a foster quite a while last night um, mm-hmm. So yeah, tell your thoughts. Uh, he, he's he followed us on Twitter, so he's probably listening. So uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't think I have negative comments. So that's good. <laughs> you did great, Jason. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in search of pregame was it was very different. I I uh, it was very different than um, typical movie. A lot of it was him. Uh, shooting baskets and then there was um there was some narration or or things played but it was mostly um words on the screen but i think the coolest thing in this short was that he had director's notes written on the screen so it, it it would be like talking about the story about his family and things and then i would say director's note playing 
hook from this song by this person. And are you sure that wasn't just the subtitles? No, he intentionally put it in there. Okay. Because I'm just someone wondering, the, well, every, every it single one of these me at first. Okay. Because every single one of these films had subtitles. Yeah, uh, I'm aware. Okay. It confused me at first. I was like, why? What? Yeah. But then um, someone asked him in the Q&A afterward why gotcha. he did that. And he said he said he was having trouble. Like, you know, it, it's a it was the low budget. You know, he doesn't have yeah. thousands of dollars or however much to spend on on something like this. And so he was like he thought to himself, if I could make this how I want it if I could use anything if money wasn't an option what would I put in here and so he wrote gotcha what he that would have sense. put there yeah and he said hopefully you know the song and you were singing with it and I told him later we got to talk to him um at the the gala last night but I told him like I really liked that because I I did if I knew the song I was singing it in my head not even really intentionally it was just like oh yeah sing the song with is that one of the songs with na, 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 na. no i can't remember <laughs> what the songs okay. were but um i thought that was very unique and interesting and a great way to use what you have instead of making it suffer because you don't yeah. have means yeah. to do something yeah um awesome. and he had asked me later uh, what i connected with in the film and i don't know if connection is the right word because it was a lot about his family and um basketball and all those things um but i really enjoyed the family aspect of it and he he talked about <clears throat> being born in jamaica and he had his like uncles and cousins voice um they like recorded something and sent it to him and he was like honestly i don't know everything that they were saying like I, some <laughs> of the stuff i couldn't understand so it was really cool and i enjoyed it so much more being able to to talk with him um this was just me but maybe you'll agree do you feel like he gave me vibes that uh him and graham would hit it off <laughs> maybe i don't know what it was about him yeah. but just talking to him i was like i feel like him and graham could be good yeah friends. now he lives in uh well i guess i don't want to give away where he lives but yeah. he doesn't live in this area so <laughs> not right. really feasible but i was just talking to him. we were well, talking to him quite often and i was like i feel like you and graham might have some uh, there you go jason you can listen to an episode that graham is on <laughs> and see if you like him. see if he's your cup of tea but yeah. yeah no i it was very very cool to to see that yeah and talk to him afterwards. About the yeah, film. definitely. Um, I I feel so bad for Trevor because we haven't hit one of his short segments yet. Because now we're doing a uh, horror and bloody shorts, which is another Tristan one. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm over here talking a lot because I just have to introduce everything. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan's. Or, I'm patient, Trevor. You can go get another uh, thing of whiskey if you want. I'm still working on my first one. Oh, okay. I can't <laughs> see it. So, um, um, deep. I'm gonna say really quick. I already looked uh -huh. at what the Rude. what they're gonna be. Yeah. Several of them are not on there, and I have them, or they are on there, and I don't have them. Okay. So I'm that's, just warning you. That's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, after we get done with them, whatever ones you have, like I said, if it, if it comes around later, I can introduce the director okay. and the producers, but I still want to make sure that you get your right. notes on this stuff. So, okay. uh, Deep Clean, uh, director yeah. was B. Weasley, and the producer was uh, Carmia uh, Samut uh, Kanalu. I think you need to tell us that these were scary or, or if you personally got scared or not. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't get scared at all on Deep Clean. Uh, 
Wow. Just I don't think it, gut punch to the not, no, no, I'm just, I'm just I don't kidding. think it was supposed to be I, I'm, like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I can't have a podcast without being hard on you I, a little bit I thought it was very cool I enjoyed it it was um again a little bit about mental health but not like shove it down your throat mental health um yeah and there was a little twist at the end and it was kind of like about her hitting rock bottom and and coming back into the world realizing what her actions were going to amount to as she got older. Okay. So it was very cool. Awesome. Um, witchy. Um, director was Liz Manu. Witchy. Man, Manzahill. Uh, producers were, uh, Elaine, Elena, uh, Win Winsburg. See, even normal names. I just can't fuck. I just can't. Uh, If your name's Robbie, I got you. Bobby, I got you. But Robbie uh, (coughs) DeVillez and Liz uh, Manzahill. Um, This one? Yes. Okay. Um, You're two for two. I know. It's great. Uh, I, this wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. Did it scare you? No. Um, it was more kind of like funny, funny horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not funny. Ha ha. Funny horror. Funny horror. <laughs> we know, yeah, a, we know a couple people from Mulvane that that's one of their, yeah, that's, that's their cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, comedy horror. So. Yeah. Um, several, I think several of these were, were comedy horror, but yeah, it was, it was well acted. It Hordy. was, isn't, oh that, isn't that the word we came up for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a W before that? No. no. Uh, I'm just saying that's kind of what it is. Uh, that's the joke he said. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I don't think I have a lot to say about okay. it. No, that's that's totally okay. cool. Um, it Mi- wasn't. I did enjoy my time. Are you kidding me? It was I was good. about to introduce the next one. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to make it clear, like, just still, because it yeah, wasn't. Your cup of tea. It still had some yes. things that you enjoyed about it. <clears throat> um, Mickey Dogface. Uh, no. Director was Zach Fleming. Producer Zach Fleming plus Lizzie Astor. <coughs> the Well. Yes. Directed by Peter Stanley Ward and Chris Muzzlewhite. Uh, Chris Muzzlewhite. Yeah. Uh, again, didn't totally love the morals of this film. Um, <clears throat> it was... Th- there were like kids being bullies to this other kid and then gotcha um at the end the kid being bullied switches places with them and just leaves them in a well so i hey go for it dude <laughs> i just okay anyway um bullies it was animated not many of them oh. were animated was it 3d was animation cool. 2d animation it looked like a video game so 3d animation yes i think 3d it is was, like <clears throat> Pixar level where there's like a depth to them. 2D is uh, like drawn. Okay, yeah, no, it 3D. was 3D. Um, very cool concept um, of like a well that um, grants your wishes. Oh, yeah. Um, and but for you, that just the message was a little. Yeah, I just which is a horror movie or whatever. So like sometimes the messages it makes aren't sense. supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. What you would do is uh, the right thing. Right. It's the scary or demented thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it, again, it was enjoyable. Um, I saw a couple animations yeah. that were uh, decent. So, um, Drift, 
Uh, director was uh, Caitlin Cody and Robert Thomas. Uh, producer was Austin Steffens. Uh, now, uh, I want to do a little quick shout out because we know Caitlin Cody um, personally. Oh, she was at. Uh, yes, she was the Mulvane one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she had a movie there. Um, Good I for her. I Good did, for you. I did not know that this was your movie, Caitlin. Um, I did watch this the other night because, um, well, maybe I watched it because of you, but I forgot <laughs> that I watched it because of you. I had uh, I had notes of what movies to watch because I met the the people, and uh, I guess I I didn't write that it was you, but nonetheless, I did watch this as well, so we can both kind of take a couple oh, notes yeah. on it. Um, so yeah, what did uh, what did you think about Drift? I was confused. <laughs> I got really confused with the double people. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, but, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, that confused me. And I mean, that's just the the art of a short is that that will probably happen. Yeah, I liked the um, what is that scenery? Yeah, scenery was um, great. Yeah, and the I color. Thought, Yes. The uh, the dark and toned um, mm-hmm. was very well done. Um, that's my highest praise for the movie. Um, I've only seen two of Caitlin's movies, mm-hmm. um, but both have been very high production value. Yeah. And this one, I think a little bit more so mm. um, and very much enjoyed that aspect of it. I love the tone, the, the darkened tone of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really good. I, I don't think I got scared either, but no. uh, I do understand the horror aspect or more the thriller aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, overall, I, th- I thought it was a, a pretty solid uh, thriller. I wouldn't pr- quite yeah. put it horror, but yeah. thriller, uh, uh, thriller <laughs> short. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree. And I, I thought it had a. I liked the ending. Gotcha. Just because I, you know, typically I probably wouldn't, but because I didn't know the characters very well because it was a short, I was more lenient on it, I guess. If you're going to like the characters, then you care more about the outcome. Yeah. If it's just like a 10, 12 minute, this one. Like I just met minutes. them. Yeah. Yeah. You don't care if they get got. Yeah, sure. Not saying that's what happens, but. <laughs> um, next one is a Memento Mori. Um, I did see that one. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, Paul O'Flanagan uh, was the director and then producer was Louis Nichonchur. Yeah. Animated, and it was incredible. Awesome. That's awesome. It was very, very good. Um, 2D d- animation, right? 2D animation, yeah. yep. Yeah, it's it's about a it's about a, uh, a post-mortem photographer in the Victorian era who gets a, uh, has the has a pretty wild night. Ooh. Does he fuck the... No, devil? does not. <laughs> it's like wild night could go different ways. It was a pretty intense night. Okay. Nice. Um, okay. Um, that's an Irish film. Sweet. Um, sorry, I just saw on there on the <laughs> details. I thought that was cool. Um, uh, the next one is the bottom. Uh, director is uh, Morgan Rutari uh, O'Solvian uh, and James uh, Cotts, and then producer is uh, Valerina uh, Semino. Did you watch this? Yes. One? Okay. I did. And we actually talked to the uh I don't know if it was a producer. His or... name was Jesse, I thought. I thought so too. So he may not be a producer. He may have uh did he act in it? Maybe. Was he in it? Maybe. Well you saw it. I didn't see it. 
Well, but they look different sometimes. Okay, that's fair. So we did talk to somebody that was a part of the film. Yeah. Uh, so great to talk to you, Jesse. You were really fun to talk to last night yeah. about horror movies. He heard uh, me talk about one of my stories of watching a horror movie. and was very intrigued. And he, was well, like, he heard me talking about how... Oh, you don't like physical horror. Yeah. Uh, but you love horror movies. Yes. Meaning physical horror, like real life... Like, like haunted, uh, houses haunted houses or, or people dressed Being up. scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, and so he, and he's uh, the opposite. Yeah, and so he came in and uh, <laughs> um, uh, and talked to us a little bit, or for quite a while to in the mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, great conversation. Uh, what did you think about the bottom? Yeah, I was really confused on this one <laughs> again. Um, but I, I mean, the the guy right there, he was one of the main guys. Yeah. Um, and he. Did a Q&A at the end. The guy right there is the, I, on my computer, it yeah, shows sorry. a, uh, either a He's poster. He's naked. Or, oh, you see some dick? No, he covers it with his oh, hands yeah. and he talks about how his hands probably stuck to it because it's freezing cold outside. <laughs> Something that was very cool that I, uh, this guy I really, said he didn't think it was a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a fucking horror movie. Yeah, you think your hands are stuck to your dick, then it's going to rip them off. I don't think that's a fucking was. horror movie. I don't think it was. He, I mean, I never saw it, but yeah. But I'm anyway. just saying, that sounds like a very horrifying scenario. Well, he had a gun pointed to him, too. Ah. So. Yeah. No, yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't scare me, but yes. it was, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I, I enjoyed trying to, like, figure it out. I still didn't really figure it out. But um, the scenery. Don't worry, Jesse. I'll watch it and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Easton, Easton always figures them out if mm-hmm. I don't. Um, the scenery was absolutely beautiful. And. Mm-hmm. He said at, during the Q and A that he, it it was at a uh, lodge, a deer lodge, is yep. that what it's called? A cabin, a hunting, a hunting, hunting place. Lodge. Yeah, yeah. And he asked them if he could like rent a part of the area, yeah, outside by by this like river, yeah, to film in, and they told him no. Yeah, he tried and tried and he, and he couldn't, so he ended up joining the lodge like paying to join the lodge and then he, he took the rest of his like crew out or whatever uh-huh. and went out there like while people are hunting hunting <laughs> he was naked in the river that's gotta be cold as fuck <laughs> too it looked really cold and dangerous it did look really yeah, people cold. Yeah. just well andy's pointing a gun at him so <laughs> it was very interesting and very well done. I feel scared for those actors. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bunch of people with guns, and you just see someone pointing a gun at a naked guy in a river. And then they make him get into the water, the, to the bottom. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I'm glad they all survived. That's, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch that one. Um, so the next one is In the Mountains. Um, director is Wally Chong. Producer is Wally Chong. I did not. I did. Because <gasps> I talked to uh, Wally Chung for a significant amount of time while one of the uh, uh, the biggest movie of the weekend, uh, the documentary about uh, uh, you were there, the the one that was packed at, at the, the embarrassment. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was showing. I showed up really late and it was packed. I'm like, I don't want to try to find a seat. The 30 minutes left in the dock. There's no point in just trying to watch the piece together the last 30 minutes yeah. of the dock. Uh, so I walked outside, and uh, Wally Chung was out there. So we talked for the last 30 minutes, um, and I was like, hey, I'm going to watch a movie. I don't know what the hell it's about, but I'll watch it. <laughs> this is a 2D animation movie about uh, a couple 
um, that goes to uh, goes up uh, like Devil's Mountain or something, and at the top of the mountain there are devils that they uh, are trying to impregnate the woman. Oh. <laughs> And they murder. Not expecting that. They murder all of them. I'm sorry if I, I just gave away the whole entire movie. I'm so sorry. But uh, it was. Uh, it's all 2D drawn animation, which mm-hmm. I thought it's very cool. Um, seeing the whole scenery drawn in just black and white, um, like charcoal, basically mm-hmm. coloring of a whole entire film. Um, it had turns that I was not expecting. Obviously, mm-hmm. is uh, it kind of made you be like, "What the hell." Um, but yeah, and I like how uh, not necessarily goofy the the fight was, but uh, uh, how weak the devils were or whatever. Um, and I thought that was really fun and a, a goofy part. Um, and then just how over the top some of the character, the two characters were, um, I thought was very interesting. It had very uh, had a fun time. I w- was like, "What the hell is happening?" Because <laughs> um, it's only like five minutes. Yeah, it's five minutes exactly. Uh, at least that's what the runtime says. And uh, uh, a lot happens in those five minutes. Um, yeah, there's stuff to do with elk jerky. So, mm. boom. Okay. Um, the House Sitters is the next movie um, directed by Graham High. Spelled the same way as our very... No, it's not. Never mind. I'm so sorry. Uh, Graham High. <laughs> and then producer Graham High and Brittany High, uh, Aaron Pinada and Matt uh, McConkie. Yeah, I did see this one. Well, you saw most of these on here. It was... Um, yeah, but I have... Two, three, four on my thing that Damn. are on there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one was a very fun. It was a little more uh, like flamboyant, I guess, that or like kind of like over the top um, than my typical taste. But it was still really fun. It was it was straight up comedy com- com- comedy horror. Good night, comedy horror. Um, Poorly. Uh, it was straight up horny and uh, it was so they were there too um the, the director yeah, yeah. director it, producers whatever yes. Graham high and Brittany high yes their brother and sister oh and they definitely thought they very would cool. be husband and wife she said that in the they were standing there beside each other and she was like i just want to make something very clear people <laughs> always think we're together but we are brother and sister <laughs> it's like okay um but something very cool so they had a film in last year's tall grass and their father is deaf and they didn't have closed captions on a lot of the stuff and they didn't have asl interpreters and they brought this to tall grass's attention and they closed captioned everything just mm-hmm. about everything and had asl interpreters everywhere that was yes. needed as far as what i know uh, <laughs> of course they did hire asl people mm-hmm. to uh, for all of the um for the major events yeah um and then i believe they asked all the filmmakers, if they would give them a closed captioning version of the film, and most people that's right. um, mm-hmm. submitted a co- closed caption version yeah. of it. Yeah. So I think that's the filmmakers who. Well, they said a, a shout out to Tallgrass for taking the steps to yes to yes. do that. But I'm saying it, it wasn't Tallgrass that did all like it, they didn't do all the work. Right like, now they they obviously were like they made sure put like, in the steps. Yes. That, yeah. Um, but I also want to give a testament to all the filmmakers to For put in the that. extra work to do mm-hmm. closed captioning and then uh, be willing to take that step and, and be yeah. inclusive and help people that want to go watch these movies that can't that yeah. have these things that make them not be able to. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they had a guy from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in this film, which is crazy. Very cool. I thought. 
Um, well, I mean, it kind of makes sense because the TV shows. No, sorry. I'm, yeah, watch I'm your not mouth. saying it. I'm not saying it. Good. It's wonderful. Yep, that's why he's in it because he's a wonderful. Yep. Stop. <laughs> okay. What? They were able to get wonderful actors. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they were. So yes. uh, Matt and Aaron are the two main actors in the film. Ac- actor actresses, and they. The filmmaker told us that they had this idea and they went to him or pitched the idea to him. Wait, and are they, the brothers playing as husband and wife in the, the movie? brothers and sisters? No. Okay. So those people, the guy is gay okay. and the girl, they live together. Like, Gotcha. Sorry, I see like, a picture that has just a man and a woman in a bedroom. Yeah. Like in the same bed. And I'm like, wait a second. If it's a brother and sister, they're working the movie together. <laughs> no, the there's two, two different actors, people. <laughs> they're the main two actors and actresses. In yeah. The picture. Okay. Four different people, I guess. Okay. okay. But Go ahead. Yeah, no, it was, it was really fun. A lot of people really liked it. Um, very lighthearted comedy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, you got four more. <coughs> yeah. I will let you talk about all those. Um, cause I, I don't need to say the directions producers cause I don't know them yet. I don't know them yet. Um, so I'm going to go make a drink and you can just talk about okay. all these movies. Okay. Anyone else need anything? You can talk to me about them. I love I'll, that. No, you're talking to here. the thousands <laughs> of people that are listening to this podcast. Shout out to all you guys. Mostly from tall grass. Thank you. Um, okay. Trevor. Yes, hello. Here's what I, yeah, put your phone away and listen to me. I'm trying to get the video together for <laughs> release later this week. So nice of you. Okay. Um, so I saw a movie called Deliver. Really? Tell me about that. It was weird. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Were you scared? I still don't really understand what was happening. Yeah? I was not scared. Huh. It was like uh, uh, these people were pregnant, but they like signed up to give birth to someone else's baby they were like surrogate yeah mothers but they were on this like campus they were on this like this like secluded like they were calling it something okay it felt like an institution but it wasn't an institution i can't remember what they were calling it okay but i i don't i don't get it creepy stuff was going on fabulous there were creepy people love that it was enjoyable Good. I wish I could have got some more information. Hey, you do what you can. Yeah, it was good, though. Good. Um, the next one is Shark. Ooh, uh, did you like that one? Uh, okay, let me just say this, everyone. It starts off with a dental scene. A person at the dentist. I freaking hate the dentist. But you love sharks. She does hate the dentist. I hate the dentist, though, and it started off. So you were real scared when it started. It started off with someone getting a needle in their mouth. And then you were like, ah. And I was like, this is the, why are you doing this? It's the worst thing. So I really didn't appreciate that. Sorry, you can hear the elephant in the other room. Ethan's blowing his nose. Um, I didn't appreciate that. And it was, the whole thing was like, uh, these people just, they're dating and then they get engaged and then they are on their honeymoon. Yeah. And um, and then the shark shows up. It was giving me strong Rhonda vibes from uh, New Girl. Okay, Rhonda, you got Rhonda. Where's you the shark? About? The shark doesn't come until the end. Spoilers. So uh, I, I I have been listening this whole time. So there's a heavy dentist scene at the beginning. So yeah. if, if I were to make a horror movie that would legitimately scary to the core be a, a movie about a demented dentist oh my gosh messes up people's mouths stop as a horror stop movie. stop stop talking 
I I literally I did not want to watch that movie when I saw. I can't the wait to make scene. this movie and make you watch it because no. you're my wife, so no. you have to go and support my movies. I will come in after that scene. No, I no, don't. That's the movie. I, no, <laughs> no, just no. That I'm drawing the line there. The line is drawn. You hear it here first. My wife will not support me in my work. Carry on. Keep talking about I the movie called punch Shark. In your face. Okay. Um, we have a loving relationship. These are just jokes, okay? <laughs> I would never actually do that to her. Thank you. Unless I think it would be a good movie. Oh but I would. Uh, and then I would complain to Easton about how awful. <laughs> so what are we going to work on the script? That's so cool. I'm ready, man. Shark, the jokes were just going too far for me. And that was the point of the mm. of the horror was that it went too far and she didn't believe that it was an actual shark. I'm sorry for giving some things away, but. No, no. Talk about the film. Yeah. Yeah. It was, again, super well done. Very well acted. Very fun. It just made me want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. I will. Uh, maybe I'll go in here and, <clears throat> and post and put a spoiler warning at the very beginning of yeah of this. So everyone knows that we're talking about everything about the film. So yeah. don't feel bad if you do say something. Okay. We're not necessarily going to say everything about the movie, but it's right. possible that we have to. Um, especially with these shorts where there's, uh, it, it is only eight to yeah. 12 minutes, 15 minutes. So it's, it's hard not to say a piece about the, the movie. Although that's, that's piece. Although what? I saw a short called canceled. Okay. Which was the first one that they played and I don't remember what it was about. I, I told you to really take bad. notes. I said, great. Very well done. Those are not notes that. <laughs> I look, listen, Those I feel really bad. I took, I oh. feel really bad about it. I specifically took notes that made me remember what the movie was about, so then I jogged my memory on what I watched, so then I could say something about it. Not just good, great. That was too much. <laughs> That's too much effort. So canceled was great. I have, I think, twelve full pages. Oh of, my gosh, no. Uh, yeah. Of actual, okay, like, I have one more. How many? Ho- no, I'm just kidding. I saved the the my the favorite best? for last. Ooh. I really like it a lot. Did it's it scare called you? No. Well, <laughs> it was kind of like ooh, what's going to happen? Okay. Kind of like that. Okay. I wasn't like scared to my core, but I was like, ooh. What was it? Call it's called Slasher Squad. You told us to watch this. I did tell yes, you to watch it. It is it is on a browser on my phone to watch. So I love on the that. virtual screen. So Yeah. I highly recommend it. Super fun. It's like it's not at all what I was expecting, but it's so short that like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's perfect. It's oh, wonderful. It's yeah. animated. 3D animation. It's, it yeah, it just has like a little twist at the end and it's like, yeah, it's like that at the end. Okay. It's like what at the end? It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't get it the first time. Yeah. So there, there you go. Awesome. Um, the next one we've got here, okay, that's the end of the horror and bloody shorts. I have to pee really bad. Can I go? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you have uh, identity shorts, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Um, identity short uh, film program. Did you have this, Trevor? No. <laughs> we'll get to Trevor's thoughts eventually. Uh, um, he looks annoyed over there. I'm smiling. How can I be annoyed if I'm smiling? <laughs> it looks like a okay. It looks like an annoyed smile. But uh, Unbound director was Sarah uh, Moshman. Producer was Sarah Moshman and Casey Graff. Um, I believe this won an award. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling. I, I think it did. 
I, it was on my list to watch for some reason, and it was not the director or producer. So I believe it's because it was a, a, a winner, but I could be wrong. Um, we also have half. Director was uh, Jacob Roberts. Producers were uh, Drew Levin, Jacob Roberts, uh, David Shane. Executive executive producer was Titania Kelly. Titania, yep. We'll go with that. Um, Valentine. Director was uh, Beck Kitsis. Um, Chris McNabb. Producers were... Katie Drake, uh, Bettner, and Zach Fleming, and then Beck uh, Kitsis. Uh, Mama Retreat, directed by uh, Aileen, uh, Aileen uh, Alvarez, and then uh, Kate Halen Downsey. Um, You've Never Been Completely Honest, directed by Joey Izzo, and producer was Andy Roos and Jesse uh, Odio. Um, Love's Baby Soft, uh, director is Lainey Zippoy, uh, producers were Vicky Spiegley, uh, Stacey Capone, and Don Downey. Um, I did watch this because I had an extensive conversation with Stacey Capone, um, and... Uh, this was another movie I watched uh, late at night because I really wanted to watch her movie and I was hoping to talk to her the next day and be able to do an interview with her uh, because this was another movie I absolutely loved. Uh, it, um, it's a movie about uh, – it, it's a coming-of-age short um, uh, specifically tailored towards women, but I think it's something that everybody can kind of relate to of um, – like when you're a middle schooler and you just feel like you should be older than you are, you feel much more mature than you are. Um, and you're ready for things that, uh, you may or may not be. And you're kind of pushing the bounds of, of doing these things. And no one's listening to me right now. It's totally fine. You guys are both on your phones. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, it's also, uh, like, as a as a preteen or whatever, uh, you feel like you like you have the whole world. Your parents are stupid or whatever, and uh, that's very uh, well showcased. This is a movie that's supposed to be around the seventies, like seventy five, seventy six, I think. Um, so a little bit before our area, but I think it's still things that we can relate to as uh, uh, people that when we were in that uh, age period. Um, and yeah, uh, very well shot. Our main actress uh, was absolutely great for a. She's probably 14 or 15 or something. She's playing a 12 to 13 year old. So I'm sure she's uh, somewhere in that age range. She did absolutely fantastic. Um, they have a babysitter uh, that's slightly older. She did great. But uh, really the mom and the daughter do really well. The subject matter is great. Um, I didn't know where they were going to go with the mother-daughter relationship. And it was very heartfelt at the end. Um, it was very open, um, kind of showing you like uh, things are difficult, but still have an open mind and be open to your children because they will take better to it um, f- for you being that way. And um, yeah, uh, I I didn't get me to tears or anything, but uh, this is a movie that I talked to one of the filmmakers and watched, and uh, I, ap- I very much liked. Um, there are a lot of these films that like, uh, this is one of these gems, I think. A few of these have been gems where, like, you're watching stuff and you're enjoying the stuff. And then you watch the thing and you're like, you can really connect with how, like, with how good it is. And, and the, the plot and the story and, and the meaning behind it are all are all cohesively great. Mm-hmm. So and that was one of them. So, Love's Baby Soft. 
Um, Matk, Matka or Polka. That means pu- mother slash pole. Um, meaning it's, it's Matka slash Polka, which means mother slash pole. Um, director is uh, Joanne uh, Sukamaska. Uh, and the producer is the same person, Joanna uh, Sochomoka. Sochomoska. I'm trying, guys. <laughs> um, body paragraphs. Um, director is Arik, um, Arika Lobati. And then uh, producers are Athena Shonor, uh, Arika Loboska, or Lobosta, uh, and Sammy Gotskind. Um, and then we have the girl at the moat, uh, the motor ho- hotel. Um, I believe this, this did win an award. I don't think I watched it. However, um, at least I don't think so. Um, the director is Garrett, uh, tits or t- well, Garrett, uh, D Trixie and, uh, David, uh, producer is David, uh, Swinburne and, Anise uh, Michelina, uh, Mitch Michelina, uh, yeah. Um, so that's the end of the identity ones. That was another one that I really wanted to watch because it had some of those uh, coming of age stuff and and whatnot. But uh, uh, the next thing we have here is uh, uh, emerging filmmakers. Uh, I watched this one, so I'll kind of read them off and uh, and let you guys know. The first one was Limited. Director was. Coletti uh, Smuck, um, and then the producer was Bolestard, uh, Jean Damel, uh, and uh, Nicholas, uh, or Nicole's, Nicholas? Okay. Uh, Lermite. Um, so just so you guys know, this, this um, the emerging um, block was all shorts made by people 18 or younger. Mm. So this is... Uh, uh, emerging as in not like this is the first time they're making their movies this is just people that are uh um younger trying to get into filmmaking uh they make these films and they submit them and it's supposed to be an 18 and younger category and they they call it uh, emerging filmmakers and every single one of these movies was selected by a group of uh high schoolers um they watched uh probably 300 and some movies to uh, all get together and select the movies that were selected to be in this category um, so just so you guys know a little bit about this, I talked to a lot of the people in this place because, uh, there was a reception beforehand to kind of talk to some people and, uh, I did so and, uh, talked to the guy that kind of organized it and, um, they kind of, uh, showcased the people that watched all the movies. Um, Sweet. yeah, so that's what this is. So it's not just a emerging filmmakers and like people that have just started. It's, it's 18 and younger, um, lemonade. Um, it's a, it's a pretty simple, um, five minute, uh, movie. Um, I thought the premise was, uh, interesting about a, um, your wall street, uh, dude that listens and reads all the podcast and knows what to do to, to be all professional and professionalism wins stuff. And he tries to outmarket a, uh, little girl's, uh, lemonade stand by being the, uh, listening to the podcast, reading all the, you know, wall street journals and stuff, mm. but nothing beats being a cute girl on the side of the street. And, uh, that's what the movie is. That's the, the premise in the movie. And, uh, it's cute. It's quirky. Um, and all in all, the reason why I like the movie is the, uh, is the ending. Um, it uh, shows the humanity 
of of it. Um, it could have gone a different way where they're uh, mean to each other or whatever. But there's some uh, there's a cute ending to it. So uh, uh, all in all, uh, a pretty fun. Uh, nothing crazy, but uh, still enjoyable. Next one was Grizz, um, which had uh, uh, it, it was the uh, runner up for the emerging films. Um, this is a 3D animation movie, uh, which is absolutely insane for somebody under the age of 18, a team or whatever. Uh, it's directed by uh, Cameron Stanley and Shinaval Lal, and then producer is Heath Grant. Um, it's only five minutes, but this is like legit 3D animation. I'm not saying it's like Pixar level or anything, but like legit physics movement. You don't have like usually with uh, people learning 3D animation and, and that age group because as someone that did it i i did 3d animation as a uh high schooler and it's very difficult and a lot of times before you learn too much like you would often have like stuff like uh moving through each other because you're having things interact um and it's just very difficult to have those kind of textures and have those boundaries on stuff uh i'm sorry if i'm getting too technical but i did this kind of stuff and uh, it's very difficult and they didn't have any of those issues where were was ever did everyone look um absolutely fantastic at Pixar level of course not but the way that things interacted felt um really technically sound um and then the story is anything uh, well I was about to say it's not anything crazy but it is actually pretty interesting of a teddy bear fighting off the monsters in your room um, which I thought was kind of interesting and it, it allowed them to try different things as an animator which I thought was cool you're you're trying to learn and, and diversify uh, what you can do as an animator mm-hmm. and uh, they found a way to do that and also have kind of an interesting story of a teddy bear fighting off these monsters in your room so thought that was cool uh, Voices in Our Heads it was directed by uh, Brendan Egan and produced by Brendan Egan um, yeah this is a, a, a little cute um, date movie about teenagers not like being over like they just overthink everything on their first dates mm. um and i thought it was cool um but there's yeah there's not a whole lot to it so um yeah yeah so uh dare um that was directed by john uh joanna uh Halbert- i'm so sorry i will never be able to say that name holberger uh jasmine uh pamir uh producer is mart uh martina socor um this is the one that i uh, one of the first ones that showed um and they had specifically talked about how it is a uh 18 and younger like people making them um and this is dealing with uh relationships and a lot of half naked people and I thought that the people in the movie like were teenagers and I thought that was really weird but I later realized that a lot of these people outsourced actors that were much older than themselves so I am sure they were of age I was very concerned and thought it was very weird to show underage women in like panties and bras and that's what we saw and I was very confused but nonetheless um there's not a lot about it other than uh, women, or not women, but people wanting to feel like themselves, and they put on an act um, while they're in public, um, and then when they're in private, they, they be who they really want to be, and sometimes they have to do things to cover up uh, who they actually are. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the um, 
the general theme of it and uh, interesting theme. If that's if you're kind of dealing with that identity crisis stuff, I'm sure you relate with it um, a lot. Uh, Holding hands with the moon. Um, this was directed by So Blake and produced by So Blake. Um, I think I like this one much more than uh, the more I think about it. Uh, the moon um, being a person, um, I guess maybe isn't extremely unique, uh, but I liked how they specifically did it. Um, there was some stuff that you could definitely tell was from a uh, early mind or whatever, but uh, still enjoyed it. Hollow Home. Uh, this was an animated film. Uh, it does not have a director or anything. So, uh, but it was a uh, uh, like a, I think a two D animation uh, movie, and um, yeah, like the theme of a person trying to deal with moving into a new home. And I think it's just like I, I felt like a commentary on uh, feeling at home where you are. When you move into a new place, uh, maybe even as a child, maybe um, it feels haunted because it's an unknown place. And then once mm-hmm. it becomes your home, it feels less as a haunted place. And I've, that's what I caught from it, and I and I like that. Um, morning, uh, morning as in uh, the morning time, not morning as in uh, uh, dealing with death or something. Uh, directed by Elena Malik. Kagio, uh, and produced by Elena Malikagio. Um, I don't really know much what this was trying to say, unfortunately. Um, so I, I can't say too much. It was basically a morning routine, which is very common in, mm-hmm. uh, indie films. Um, and there wasn't much outside of that that I remember. Um, so I don't really have too much to say. I'm sorry, Elena, but, uh, um, that was that movie. Um, Butterfly Playground, uh, has no director or um, producer or anything. However, um, this had all kid actors, like kid kid actors of like the age of eight or something. Uh, very short, um, but a, a fun little story of, um, yeah, losing a, a friend at a young age and trying to mm-hmm. uh, process that as a, a young mind. It's only two minutes, so it's a, a lot like kind of understanding what's happening and then it's over. Um, Mm -hmm. but still, uh, still interesting. Uh, family games, this, I believe, um, Oh, no, never mind. That's, that's the next one. Um, this is directed by Patrick Del Silvia and producer is Mimi, uh, come Bungie. Um, I think the premise here has a chance of being something. Mm. Um, which I very much liked. Uh, it's a futuristic movie um, about adoption and how the adoption process works um, and all that. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty short. Um, they tried to do some Hunger Games-esque stuff, which uh, I think was just kind of difficult to do. Um, but they also did it in a fu- futuristic way. And then um, I thought the bit at the end was uh, was cool. So uh, Game Plan is the one I was thinking of. They have very similar titles, I think. Sophia Winters was the director and producer was Sophia Winters as well. Um, this was absolutely hilarious. Everybody cracked up halfway through the movie. Um, just a great uh, switching up of what the audience is thinking the thing is. Uh, you start watching the movie and you, you, it felt kind of stupid. Um, 
if I'm being honest, because just um, adult act, like there were adult actors and they were just all like being like it was supposed to be a business deal. And uh, yeah, I just felt really uh, I won't explain anything um, or maybe I should. I guess I already said spoilers. So um, so it was supposed to be a business deal and everything felt awkward and weird and forced acting and stuff. And then it was all purposeful because it was supposed to be a uh, uh like a real life uh showcasing of the game monopoly um so they're in a room doing a business deal and then it goes to them on a monopoly finance like doing the deal um because he opens this briefcase and gives them the two blue broadway and whatever and like it's complete switch you had no idea that's the twist or the turn that they were thinking of in their head and everybody laughed out loud when that happened and then they did like a like Showed them playing other games very shortly, like because that was, um, like maybe five minutes of it, and then it showed them playing the game of life in the business room, and then playing Sorry or something. So, yeah, just a fun little gimmick bit that was, uh, yeah, it was good. Invisible Gun, uh, directed by Reese Roberts and produced by Reese Roberts. Um, yeah, interesting, or I don't know about interesting, but uh, a fun little story um, of a gangster sell-off trying to convince him that he's selling him an invisible gun so mm-hmm. yeah um the next one which was the winner oh not the last one. Oh shoot there are a lot more i'm so sorry um swept away was the winner of the uh um emerging films contest uh brayden webb uh is the director and producers brayden webb and Celine uh varnado um this was by far one of the funniest movies I watched this weekend. Um, I highly recommend going and watching it. I don't want to do the bit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that uh, it's I. I think it was absolutely hilarious, and everybody in the uh, everyone in the theater or room was absolutely cracking up um, about a minute in until the very end. So yeah, uh, Gone is a. Uh, documentary directed by kyle ward and produced by kyle ward um about uh how the farming in this world is decreasing day by day and the land is being bought up and sold into different ways and Mm -hmm. uh they feel like their farmland is being taken away and before too long they won't be able to produce enough food for the world um so good it's only a couple minutes long it's just showing one family talk about their experience with the farming world um, and it's, it's a small family uh, farming business. So, uh, Burning Memories um, has no director or anything, which really stinks. Um, this is very, it gave me very heavy uh, The Father vibes. Is mm. that the right? With your favorite actor? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, very heartfelt. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, I don't remember this one uh lexa oh yes i do uh leoplexia uh cool uh idea um really like the idea it's directed by uh madeline case and produced by grace uh reinerson um yeah very much enjoyed it uh thought the premise was good um there was uh i mean maybe some acting uh not over the top but Nonetheless, I thought it was a, a cool idea to come up with a new drug and, um, like, prescribed drug and talk about its side effects. Um, 
Solar Flare, directed by uh, Kalia uh, Blevins and produced by Pamela Gavigan. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think she was supposed to be there, but she was not. Um, just, just, I don't know. It, it's a f- female uh, romance movie, so um, about the end of the world and finally taking that leap when there's nothing holding you back so yeah it's something that's probably been done before but uh still not a a bad little short for only nine minutes okay now you guys can stop just hearing me talk to (laughs) myself um and do did anybody do kansas geoblock short films canceled hey look oh so uh you already oh my gosh yeah i remember that yeah, you already talked about it, right? <clears throat> I said I didn't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Well, canceled. Uh, directed by uh, Christopher yeah. Girono. Uh, producer is Christopher Girono and Steph Girono. Yeah, no, it was really good, actually. Dang so it! You didn't I'm, remember it, I'm I... mad that I didn't remember it. Yeah, um, it was like about a TikToker who's like being fake and doing stuff for like clout, and people like are calling her out on TikTok, and she's just like trying to trying to live her life and then um she like and then a somebody like has her friend's phone and all that stuff but it, gotcha. it, it was very well done she was it was just her and then the creepy thing and i think it was very well done the the horror part of it with the the ghost or whatever it was coming after her and sweet yeah um black beauty I saw that one. Okay. Black Beauty, uh, directed by Ellie uh, Moxley, uh, produced by Ellie <laughs> Moxley and Lauren Tenham, and then Laura Poloni. Yeah. Uh, if, I bere- if I remember correctly, sorry, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Ellie Moxley was the main person in it. It's a documentary um, about how she was a part of the Black Lives Matter movement and how that developed in her, um, in her life as an organizer. I think it takes place in Columbus, Ohio, is where the narrative primarily takes place. But she talks about living everywhere and kind of always coming back and always just kind of being in the protest. Awesome. Um, Next, we have Shakespeare for All Ages. Okay. Directed by Hans Rall and produced by Hans Rall uh, or Hannes. Um, Czar uh, Suno del... Absidina, um, directed by Fernando Persina uh, dos Santos and Edgar Kelly. Uh, that was the director and producers are the same person. Um, I will not butcher your name again. Um, uh, Mirda. Okay. Uh, directed by Brett Allen Smith and produced by La Selva Escosta. Dima Christiu. Um, yeah, I have no idea what they watched. So <laughs> that's why I'm turning over to look to them because I don't, I don't know everything that they watched. Uh, Intimacy, Intis, Intimacy Workshop. Nope. Okay. Uh, directed by Eddie Prunoski and Haley Rawson. And uh, Eddie Prunoski are the uh, yeah, producers. Um 
Feinistai, uh, directed by Kyan Meeks and produced by Kyan Meeks. Um, El Carito, um, directed by uh, Zaidia Perini and uh, produced by the same person and Ron Yan and Mauricio Piratove. Um, Frank and Emmett, uh, directed by Carlos F. Uh, Pugh and uh, that was the director. Uh, producer is Jonathan Correa and uh, Brian DeMoss. Lucy? Oh, hey. I was That's, about to say, I thought yeah. I heard that one before. I um, thought it was Lily, but yes, Lucy is okay. right. Lucy, uh, director is Emma Sofia Fazuli, and uh, producer was uh, same person and Donnie Rabari. Uh, executive producer is Arian Armani and Joe Gastark. Uh, you already talked about it, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah. I I do want to say this thing. Um, it's <laughs> the guy at the beginning. The guy comes out because he ordered Noodle Palace from like down the street or whatever, and he's waiting for Lucy to show up because on his app it says Lucy's around the corner. He goes out, and it's the one of those new like drone things that is a robot that like drives to your house. On the sidewalk. You guys know what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then he's like, what the heck? And it's a baby instead of their food. <laughs> gotcha. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. It's very good. Um, we And then the last one of this segment is Dead Birds Hearts. Or Dead Bird Hearts. Uh, directed by Ryan Redcorn. Produced by Joseph uh, Braun Thunder, Dylan Brody, and Stephen Hahn. Or Hanan. Uh, yes, that's the end of that one. Um, I don't know why I keep on scrolling up when I can just push the back button. Um, uh, kitchen Sink Shorts. Hey, you guys get to listen to me talk <laughs> a bunch more. Um, I did not see this first one, so I don't have anything to say. Uh, Nigerian Letter, uh, directed by Preston Moss. I saw that one. Oh, okay, sweet. And it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, d- uh, produced by Christopher w- Wiley and uh, Christy Lamb. Uh, so I don't know how many people remember this, but uh, people used to get scam emails from Nigerian princes mm. expressing yeah. how family members are being held from ransom, blah, blah, blah. This woman gets it in the form of an actual letter, and she actually saves up to like send money to this person and he's like oh if you send me just only five thousand dollars i'll send you 10 million and i'll offer you my hand in marriage and so she goes through with it and it's just a funny little hmm. it's like five or six minutes i think and it's just a funny little because she end up getting 10 million dollars and married uh, so she finally she hits her mark she hits the five thousand and you, the final shot is just her with this big old grin on her face gotcha okay and, yeah. uh three points of suspicion Nope. Anyone? I don't think I. Okay, yeah, I don't think I saw this one. Ralph uh, Jamal uh, is the director and producer is also Ralph Jamal. Uh, we lie. Yeah, I saw that. Perfect. I was supposed to. Say, I haven't seen any of these, and this is supposed <coughs> to be the uh, yeah. kitchen sink. Uh, but I, uh, I think also a lot of these they would have been in these segments, and then they liked them enough to put them in front of a feature. <coughs> so that would be my guess. Nonetheless, uh, we lie. Uh, uh, Robin Wong and uh, Noe- uh, was the director, and then producer was uh, Noemi Sh- uh, Shroff Might, and then uh, Andy Lee or Andy Yai Lee. Yeah, to you. Um, sweet. So this 
film was made by a, a USC film student who okay. is from China. Um, and his film got top three in the school, so he um, put it into Tallgrass. But anyway, um, it's a very, very beautiful story about a um, Chinese boy who doesn't want to be Chinese anymore because he thinks his parents are too harsh on him um, because he gets, you know, spankings and stuff like that when he uh, doesn't do well. And his best friend, who's this uh, fat white kid, uh, gets to, in the other kid's eyes, like do whatever you want. He has loving parents. So it's the struggle of a young Chinese boy growing up in America and seeing the different cultures and he goes to his neighbor his friend's parents and says like I'm putting myself up for adoption will you adopt me and he stays Mm. with the family and and it's about him like learning to to love his family and learning that what his family shows him is love it just is in a different way and learning to appreciate your culture so it was very, it was very good, very beautiful. Gotcha, sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the next movie was North Star, which I think is the only movie on this sheet that is actually that was actually in the kitchen sink <laughs> short <laughs> segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's directed by uh, P.J. Palmer. Uh, cast is oh, uh, so it doesn't have any producers. Uh, this is a thirty-minute short, so I think this is the longest short I had watched, <coughs> and uh, maybe outside of the twentieth uh, documentary. Well, that might have even been under 30 minutes. But uh, nonetheless, this also had the biggest star I saw this weekend. This has Coleman Domingo, who is the who's Candyman in the new. Oh, wow. Uh, in the new Candyman movie. Uh, he also plays in uh, If Bell Shrieks Could Talk. Um, and then he mm. is also in uh, Zola. We watched it's the gangster, not the gangster, but the pimp. Oh. And Zola. Um, yeah, so I saw him, and it took me the whole entire movie of like, is that him? Is it not him? Is it him? Is it not him? Is it him? Is it not him? Um, but um, absolutely, like, wonderfully produced. It looks phenomenal. It sounds phenomenal. Uh, the story is not something that necessarily resonates with me personally. It's about a gay couple mm-hmm. uh, fighting against their religious family. Mm. So that's uh, uh, something that's... <laughs> Very counter to me as a religious person um, and somebody that's straight, but uh, it doesn't mean I don't recognize that as something that happens. And I do understand that. And I, uh, so I understand the importance of the film trying to showcase, like, that some people deal, like, like I don't care if you're, uh, like, as, as a religious person, I don't care if you're, if you're in the LGBTQ community at all. But there are a lot of, there are people that do feel that way and they do are vocal about it. And they will be overly aggressive and they will only be in your life just to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> and that's kind of what the movie shows. And I, I definitely got that as a religious person. I did kind of dislike some of the uh, heavy handedness of like religious people, like because it made me feel like that's what they think all religious people are. Mm-hmm. And that's not what all religious people are, because I'm not that way. Yeah. And so I'm like. But I had to re- like I I do have to realize that there are a lot of people that way and some people that are in those situations that's all they feel yeah. is is the negative they don't see the positive they see the negative and so I understand the importance of it. Um, Coleman did a, a great job. Um, I saw his dick. Was not expecting that. Yeah. So, um, 
they uh oh i guess i should say a, a pretty pivotal part of the movie is his uh husband coleman's husband is uh something happened you don't know what but he's a paraplegic mm. and so it it you don't see sex or anything it was just uh they took a bath together and so you see stuff um but he's doing it out of care um because he can't bathe himself <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was very heartfelt. Um, again, not necessarily a subject matter that's uh, pertaining to me, but it doesn't mean I didn't realize the significance of it. And I very much uh, saw the, the high-level production, the very well-acted by Coleman. Um, but, yeah, this is, even though not a movie I specifically uh, resonate with, uh, when people were asking me a movie that was good, when people were asking me a movie that was good, I could definitely point to this one and be like, this was a really good movie, especially if this is something that might resonate with you. You might really enjoy it. So, nice. um, Next movie is uh, Probably Fuck. It's probably not fuck. that. It's prolific. Nah, it's Probably Fuck. I watched it. It's prolific. <laughs> it looks like Probably Fuck I know to it me. does. Okay, but uh, prolific. It is not spelled like prolific. If you're wondering, it's P-R-O-L-Y-F-O. Y C K. So that's why I said it that mm-hmm. way. But prolific. Thank you for seeing it because I would have just called it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Directed by Faith Briggs and Tim uh, Kimple, and then directed or produced by also Faith Briggs and then Amy uh, Teartralt. Prolific is a community of runners in Richmond, Virginia, um, who meet every Friday morning at six thirty for a four point one mile run through black communities of Richmond and they run through Thomas Jefferson's Monticello um, home, not through the home, but through the property. Uh, and it's a, they do it in order to open the eyes of the people that are in the community, in the running community, the community that are not black um, who have not had exposure to those types of communities before um, just a little more rundown poverty stricken areas, but they purposefully run through those areas to bring hope to those communities and also to, to open the eyes of um, non-black people in that uh, running community. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. So as a runner, I'm sure I'd like it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, sorry, as a former runner, it was good. Sure I'd like it a lot. Um, Ang Motel, um, uh, directed by John Matthews, produced by Ann uh, Solman and Teresa... Solman and then Neri Solman. So a whole family. I do believe I saw this. So let me try to find it in my notes because all these are out of the way. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> some of my notes. Um, okay. Yes. Um, it is the movie I was thinking of. Um, the uh, the scenery shots were, I think, by far the the best thing of the film. They were absolutely beautiful scenery films. They were trying to convey a message of uh, people not um, caring for their elderly as well as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, like sons not caring for their mothers once they've gotten to a certain age. And it shows somebody else kind of stepping into that role, even though it's just for a day for, for that mother to feel welcome. And uh, I definitely got that. I think there were some uh, um, some sound mixing stuff that's just maybe uh, I don't just some issues there that sure. kind of 
took me out of it a little bit because of uh, um, some of the sound just not quite sounding right. But every time we got to a scenery scene and the music with it, uh, I was able to sit with the mood that they were set it going for. And I think that really helped the film. Um, and then a weird thing, they, they used the same exact shot three times, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird. I don't know if it was an accident or if it was purposeful, but like I saw it once and then I saw it again. And I was like, that looked familiar. And then I saw it a third time. I'm like, I like it didn't look like something that was like, I don't know, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, I guess that's that's about it. I could say on that one. But uh, the film director was there and and uh, kind of talked about it a little bit. I think it was the director that was there and uh, heard him talk about the film a little bit. Uh, jokes uh, directed by Micah uh, Streeter and produced by Micah Streeter. Um, I saw this one. This one was a part of the Kansas Shorts, um, not the uh, um, Kitchen Sink. Yeah. Um, he was there. They were there as a filmmaker. This is one that I, I wasn't uh, a huge fan of the subject material, but because mm. uh, it felt like it was very preachy. Yep. Um, so um, still i uh, i'm I'm glad you submitted it and uh glad you liked what you worked on and and stuff uh it uh just felt a little bit inconsistent in its uh in its delivery and its tone um with it's supposed to be a commentary on uh, how people have uh, racist jokes or sexist jokes mm-hmm. and how those are not good which i that's totally fine um uh, but then it ended with a sexist joke from a woman mm. um as like a good thing. And at least that's what it felt. It could have been she's no better than the guys because she's going to do. If that's if that's the case, then maybe I, I'm i not giving the movie enough credit. Because if that's the case, mm-hmm. if it was showing that sometimes women will say that a joke is sexist and then they'll go around and make a joke that's just as sexist towards mm-hmm. the males. And like that's so maybe I just took it totally <laughs> wrong. If that's if that's what the point was, I totally agree with it and think that that's good to be consistent. Um, but uh Overall, yeah, there was, a, a, like I said, um, I think there was a, a good scene um, in between those two parts mm-hmm. um, that I did enjoy uh, showcasing how uh, men can be very dismissive to how women feel in relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was showcased well. Um, so I did like that. It's not like I disliked everything. Um, <laughs> or uh, maybe I did. Maybe I liked it a lot more than I thought. I just was thinking of it from a different angle. So, mm-hmm. uh um, but whatever your intentions were, um, I still think that that was uh, a good scene. And I think that showcased the better part of your filmmaking too, because it looked a lot better and sounded a lot better too. Nice. And that may have just been because, uh, the first scene was in a restaurant and that can be very hard to shoot that and have everything sound great because you're in an open space. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if you, any of you guys have recorded in open spaces, but it's very hard not to get, uh, a crisp sound from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, ha ha is the next movie on there. Uh, Alberto Acosta, uh, produced by Ryan Acosta, Tyler Thompson, and then uh, Alejandro uh, Hutart. Hutart. Yes, I saw that one. Sweet. Um, it, it looks w- good. It was okay. Oh, okay. For, for, I mean, it was funny. Um, it it uh, it's based off off a true experience. The director talked about it a little bit. Gotcha. Um, he he overheard his mother talking about how she doesn't particularly care for his laugh. And so oh. he created it and she, and it was just, you know, you talk about people have us, everybody. Um, and so he, the film is about 
uh, he's dating this woman who expresses to him that uh, she doesn't particularly care for his laugh. But then he express. But then he and it, he takes it very seriously, and they end up meeting for coffee. And what was cool about it was that she spoke only Spanish, and he spoke English, so he was bilingual. Um, and it was kind of cool. But then the end. I guess we're doing spoilers. The end of it is the waitress. You haven't heard him laugh this entire time, and <laughs> that's actually the the waitress spills a drink on the woman, and he burst out laughing. And I guess to me, I was like. Okay, so is it the laugh or are you just rude? Because oh, okay. like, yeah, and so yeah. Anyway, it was it was fine though. Okay, yeah. I think it's interesting. That they, I think it was probably good that they held off the laugh. Yeah, I yeah, think that's cool. Yeah. Um, down we go. Directed by Ryan Alsto. Alsto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, and then Maddie uh, Nadorft is the producer. Saw this one too. Sweet. Actually, those those two were back to back. Oh, um, sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is a. Uh, it's about a friend from high school or a, a couple friends from high school. They were best friends. One of them moves away to Colorado, and the other one stays in Maine, I think. Um, and uh, it's just about how they grow apart. And you come to find out that the character from Maine has cancer, um, and that's what he has come to talk to the guy about. Uh, and they have this kind of, and the guy is like, couldn't care less that his friends there is doing whatever they take him on, like the hardest they're, they're, they're skiing. They take him onto the hardest mountain and they're just not paying any attention to him, but they have a heartfelt moment at the top of the mountain come to find out he has cancer. And the guy makes a joke and he says something, he says something like, man, I'm sorry that your kidneys suck or something like that. And, uh, then the other guy with cancer says, yeah, it must be nice to have two fully working kidneys. He goes, yeah, it is pretty nice. And he goes, by the way, that leads me to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about. And then the movie ends. <laughs> uh, sweet. Yeah, it was good. Um, now it's the Let's Get Weird shorts, uh, which I don't think any of us were a part of. So, so I will just uh, name these movies and read off the directors and the people that uh, were a part of the film. Plus they happened uh, to play during features, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there might have been a few. Uh, Julian, uh, director is Vivian Keir, and then producer was Sophia Drake and Vivian Keir, and then Rachel Stanter. Uh, Bunny, which was uh, directed by Corey Clifford and Ryan Lagod, and then produced by uh, Jack Bishop and Justin Nim. Um, Milkshake, uh, directed by Jacob Shelton, and then produced by Jacob Shelton. Uh, Out of This World, uh, directed by uh, a late... Uh, Elia, the most basic names I just can't say. <laughs> Elia uh, Pedritz, I butchered that. Uh, Chris Wayne and uh, Merle uh, Lacassi uh, were producers. Um, twitching, uh, <laughs> uh Madeline. Boom, uh, easy name. Madeline Moore, and then producer uh, is Madeline Moore as well. Human, uh, Bill uh, Watterson, and then producer is Bill Watterson, and then also C.V. or S.C.V. Taylor. I think I saw Human. Human? Human. I think so. What's the synopsis? Um, After discovering footage from a fantasy world, uh, he made a child. Filmmaker Bill uh, Watterson set out to restore this project, Childhood Dreams, 
of Gander, a lost classic. I did see that. That's very funny. <laughs> oh, great, great. Yes, that was, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm he, sure if that's the only thing you say, he'll love the fact that <laughs> it, it was, was just very it funny. It was very funny. Yeah, he, he uh, yeah, finds a VHS tape, and it it is clear that the tape he is using to record his documentary of recovering this tape is the tape that he recorded his childhood film on. <laughs> so it will intersperse in between. Gotcha. And yeah, it, it's it's quite good. If you get a chance to check it out, you should. Sweet. Dog Lover, uh, director Anne-Sophie Bine, or Bini, uh, and then producers Anne-Sophie Bini, and then uh, Tara Austin. That is the end of the Let's Get Weird. Um, you guys both watch this. This is the music, music and, dance. and dance. So you guys can both uh, say some short thoughts on uh, these ones. Call it what you will. Director uh, Dan Warden and then producer Dan Warden. Tristan liked this one more than me. I liked it a lot, actually. It was 2D. Animation. Animation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Tristan's trying to make I'm sure just she's saying sure. the right yeah. thing. Yep. Um, it folk was music. Yeah, folk, which is probably why I liked it a lot. <laughs> I've really started to like folk music. Yeah, too. I like it too. Oh, no. I'm really into it. it <laughs> I think you would like it, Easton. It's uh, basically about heartbreak. It's a music video, yeah. Um, and Three minutes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's he's like reminiscing through like a mirror and a photograph. And, mm-hmm. and his, his cell phone background. Yeah, and yeah. they move along with him and it's i yeah i liked it a lot yep next one um that is did you want to say anything about it okay uh mama i'm through uh that is directed by emma morgan bennett and then produced by emma morgan bennett and then also so uh stephanie i think uh you so this one was (laughs) a little out there um it didn't quite fit it it was about a, a young black woman who's going to college, um, and she is having a Zoom conference with her mom about whether or not she should have children in the current political climate yeah. and things like that. So she interviews her three friends on their ideas about that and how they feel about that about having children. What the weird part is, there is I don't know how long it is. It felt like maybe twelve to fifteen minutes. There's maybe 45 seconds of actual dancing in this, and music is not really a part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like modern dance between the scenes. Commentary. Yeah. yeah. But you never, t- I mean, it's the main character, the person who directed it, she's the dancer, mm-hmm. but doesn't talk about her dancing, doesn't talk about how yeah. that's impacted her at all. It's It's primarily about having children which i really liked the dance i just didn't love it it being interspersed between everything and i i think the reason i feel so strange about it is just because it 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 was a like it was just such a left turn like Mm -hmm. everything else had been so dance and music the whole time and then all of a sudden there wasn't any yeah and so i mean i had this maybe been in a different block maybe it would have been a little more a little more impactful. Yeah. I did like because Easton and I have had this conversation before of of bringing children into the current climate of the yeah. world. Yeah. Um and there were some things that I wrote down that I'm just going to say that that yeah. that they said that I think pertains to not only black mothers but just 
people. Millennials, people, yeah. I would say. Like anybody in our age group that's <clears throat> wanting to have kids in this area. Yeah. They said um they said bringing black lives to life is a form of resistance, which I was like, "Whoa. That's really intense." Um and then they said trust the love, trust the love of your family. That was when she asked her mom, you know, like, why did you yeah. choose to bring kids? And, and she said, you have, you just have to trust the love that you have. Um, and then another line was, uh, my family is the source of all that is good. So uh, again, talking about the same thing of like, do you bring kids into the world? Do you not? And her mom was like, well, my family is good. Like yeah. my family is what brings me joy. And I experience love through them. So of course, like it's a no-brainer yeah that's all sweet sweet um yeah no i'm kind <laughs> of interested that's a 20 minute uh documentary or uh, 20 was, min- yeah and like i, I said long. maybe 45 to 50 seconds of dancing <laughs> <laughs> so if it was 45 seconds of dancing in a six minute documentary it would have made a little bit more sense mm-hmm. if it was right. in the segment but they may have also just really wanted it to be in the segment and didn't know where to put it yeah. And the festival and didn't know where to put it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, incursion. I think that's correct. That one was good. I don't know okay. if you saw that one, Tristan. Yeah, I don't um, know. It's directed by Ajahn <laughs> uh, Isaac and then also produced by Ajahn Isaac and George Stefan Afori. So this one is about a dancer who goes to a studio and she... Uh, she tries to do a move and she fails. She doesn't keep her balance and she's very visibly upset by it. Um, she goes to the bathroom and it looked to me like when she was in the mirror that she was uh, either reflecting upon herself, like, why are you so upset with yourself? Or she was just experiencing two different emotions simultaneously. But then she walks back to the, da- the dance floor and you find that her body is on the ground. And she picks it up and she carries it. She carries it off into a closet, and then she comes back out and she does the routine correctly. Um, but it, yeah, it was a little. Meta, it was a little meta. It was a little um, not super literal, but it was entirely dancing, which was which was Fits nice. The segment, yeah, yeah. Um, and I okay. can tell you, Tristan was in. We we can maybe may do some of the ones that I was only there for. Uh, the Muse, we dance. She wasn't there for The Muse. Okay, um, so The Muse, yeah. uh, directed by uh, Julian Lee White, and then produced by uh, Marcio, Marcelo uh, Barjas. I did, it, uh, I'm glad it was as short as it was, because I didn't find the subject matter particularly interesting. I found it a little, um, a little samey, or like overdone. Uh, it's an artist who, um, this woman appears, who is The Muse. This woman appears in the in his apartment and she tells him to take take his hand and take her hand and he refuses and she chases him down the hallway and they end up dancing together down the hallway it's this kind of like elegant resistance kind of thing um and then you find out that the the muse um is apparently the embodiment of someone who is dear to him um because the painting he is making at the end of it it paints a bleak picture of her you didn't see the muse did you okay yeah so yeah, it was that one was Florida State University's media department, I think. So it was very. I mean, the production value was high. I just didn't find the 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 subject matter all that compelling. Okay. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, that's that'll definitely happen when you're watching these. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're watching a, a crap ton of movies, there, there are definitely going to be things that just yeah. don't quite hit, and that's totally fine. There, there are going to be a ton of people that do yeah. that it does hit with. So, um, we dance. Uh, director was Brian Foster and Ethan Payne. You, and then, Tristan, need to watch this on your own. We we dance is incredible. Okay. Um, producer was uh, Tyna uh, Witterman and then Davis and Thaddeus Davis. So yeah, um, fantastic. It's, from it's, your first, it's incredible. Um, it's it's three acts and uh, three acts in twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a feat. <laughs> the uh, there I had I wrote them down. Um, they are their spin, spin, rise, and something else. Uh, sorry. Okay, I'll see. But spin, rise, and something. Um, maybe together or something like that. I don't remember exactly. But it it follows the story of of a married couple um, and how they grew up. One of them grew up growing up in the South and one of them growing up in Chicago. And then um, how their lives intertwine together between food, dance, and music. Sweet. Yeah. Um, The End of the Squirrel was the next one. That one one was really funny. (laughs) It doesn't have a director or producer, so you guys can just talk about it. We're not going to... It is... uh, That was the last one in the set. Um. It is about two people in the zombie apocalypse, and they've been hiding out in a barn for, uh, I think they say a week or two, and they're out. She's down to two bullets. They don't have any more food, um, and the zombies are closing in. And she she says, "Do you have any music for us for the uh, for the end of our for like the end here?" And he goes, "Yeah, I have something." He sits down at the piano. He writes a song that he composed called "The End of the Squirrel." And it's about, and it's a montage of their time together in the barn. Sounds sad as fuck. It is sad, but it's it, the the, <laughs> it's also the lyrics are funny. Oh, gotcha. um, and you don't know. I mean, it's kind of a question if they survive at the end. Gotcha. They just the fight begins and then it fades to black. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it. The hell, Tristan. <clears throat> um, Make me a king, directed by Sophia Olins, and then produced by. Martina Russo. I don't know that that one was in there. It, like I said, they could have been before shorts. a movie. Okay, yeah. A lot of no, these, uh, some of them were taken out of the, the whatever, and I think some places were put in whatever. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, heart failure. <laughs> that one's also incredible. Okay. Yeah. No producer, or director credited. It's uh, so. it's on YouTube. Perfect. Yeah. If people want to look it up, heart, just look up heart failure short film. It's about ten minutes long, and it's it's very very ridiculous, relatable and very good. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Next, uh, we have that. Uh, I I have a lot more that we saw. I know, yeah. They might show. Up, okay. Show yeah. up later. Do, they so far they have been. No, they haven't. Okay, we'll go ahead and say the <laughs> say the stuff on the notes that uh, uh, the, you have. I guess I haven't been doing that <laughs> on uh, the few that that I watched. I haven't been going through and telling stuff. But anyways, go ahead. Uh. F them right back. Oh, sorry. It's spin, rise, and hold. I just opened, <laughs> opened up page. right to it. Yeah. Yeah, F them right back. was That won an award, and it was yeah. very good. It was very good. Very well acted, also, well done. I just, like the colors in it. Yes. It's I, funny. Yes, absolutely. And I, you might like it. I don't know if people... Um, I don't know if the same law is the same <laughs> in Kansas, but if you, sub, if you tell your manager you have a drug problem, they can't random test you. So... Anybody that needs to know that information, we learned that <laughs> through this. <laughs> yeah. 
um, the Elvis of Laos. Laos. I didn't think yeah. that one was. I mean, very good job, filmmakers. But I, as far as like subject matter, I, it was a miss for me. Yeah, I mean, um, the, there was a little girl in it who remind she was cute. Reminded me of Marcella Shell. Yes, <laughs> she had the same kind of voice. Um, a big problem with this one and a lot of the other movies was that I'm just such a slow reader. The words went by way too fast for me and yeah. I couldn't. I also keep find up. I, I have a harder time keeping up with subtitles on big screens. Mm. Like if it's a small screen, I can like my eyes can see it all. But yeah. I feel like I either have to watch the lower half or the <clears throat> upper half when I'm mm-hmm. watching on a big screen. My problem is like. I can, if I know that I need to read fast, I can. But if I stumble, if there's a name that I'm not familiar with, or mm. if there's a word that I'm not, that I don't often use in my vocabulary, I, if I stutter on that word at all in my reading, I'm not going to finish what yeah. it says. And that was a big problem for me in this movie. Yeah. Um, I have that problem sometimes too. Yeah. You, I, it was stumble, happening so much. If to you me, stumble yeah. halfway through it, like it's, it's, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm done for. Sometimes movies legitimately give you time. Yeah. But if there's a lot of dialogue, they can't. Yeah. So. Um, this one also had really good graphics. The uh, animation that it used, I really liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next one I have is Bo. I thought it was. So I, I, I have an unfair, <laughs> I have an unfair bias on it because. I know that world. It's mm. a, it's about a violinist who's auditioning, um, and <clears throat> she's also she's going deaf, or she is deaf. Yeah. Um. The yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I'm actually going to refrain from this one. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, the. The girl, the main girl in it, did not speak the whole time. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's correct. I don't think she did. Yeah, she didn't speak the whole time. But and there were some movies that did really really well in that like they they played it off really well like then the next one i'm gonna say i think did a really good job of, of it but this one it was almost like it, it just didn't hit very well mm-hmm. for me like i i i don't i don't know how to explain it but i wish that she would have talked in it um but the mom Working really hard and saving the mom up. Was, that, was, I, was, that was a high point. Yeah, I, I really mom. I liked yeah. the mom a lot. <clears throat> and then the last one I have in this one is Songway. Songway. Songway with the boy in the propane tank. The the <laughs> ga- the, the the tank fairy. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> that was that was funny. Yes, and it was a good it was a good dance one. Yeah. So it and is it Korea? Is that where it was? I think so. And it's an Asian country. Not sure. There's um, you, there's a person you call if your propane goes out. Um, and so <laughs> they made her this like very whimsical, very like uh, I don't even know how to describe it, <laughs> but yeah, she was very funny. And then this kid, this this young boy, sees her. And it's kind of it becomes infatuated with her and wants to be like her. Yeah. And, um, the mom is against uh, it. Yeah, resisting. And yeah. It's it's kind of just about being who you are and kind of finding yourself. And yeah. but it it's was cute. fun. Yeah, and it's, it's very like, fun. And yeah. it's a it's a it's a foreign version of a. Uh, is it, it surely it's not holding up for a hero? 
It was it's there's an it's an eighties tune. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, is it holding out yeah. for you? I just thought that was funny because Bullet Train just did that. They also did Holding oh, Out yeah. for Hero, but they did a Japanese version. Yeah, you're right. I think it is that song. Yeah. Um Something Bonnie Tyler. That yeah. movie, very, very little words were spoken. Yes, at and all. it was great. I did, I agree. Yeah. I think they did a really, really good job. I wasn't like waiting for them to say something that just was what it was. I think that I think that one it was in the same vein of F M right back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Sweet. Um, I'm going to wait to do my short ones that I may have missed. I'm going to see if they pop up. Okay. When we do our shorts, if if they weren't said, I can go back through and sure. yeah. talk about them. Um, we did uh, Music and Dance. This is Relationship. I don't think I saw that. You were supposed to, but I think something else popped up. Yeah, she uh, had to leave for that thing. Yes. Birthday party. Oh, You went to yeah. the birthday party instead. Sorry. Um... So you were dealing with real relationships instead of uh, yes. So, um, uh, the anybody know this plant name? Marigold. Mar- the the Marigold Listen, mm-hmm. um, directed by Jacob Figurosa, uh, and then produced by Jacob Figurosa and uh, Brian Bebel. Um, anniversary directed by Leon. Uh, Kinzel, Kinzel, and then produced by Emily uh, McCann, and Emily McCann Lesser, and then uh, Sophie, uh, or St- sorry, Stefan uh, Rausch. Wild Card, um, directed by uh, Tipper Newton, and then produced by Mary Kate Van Daneberg. The Man of My Dreams, uh, directed by. Uh, Orsten Scott uh, Barons, um, produced by Emily uh, Beckerman and Ben Silbert. Uh, Ami, uh, directed by um, Adam Lebost's Lockard, and then produced by Adam Lebost's uh, Lockard. Um, I did not watch this movie, but I did do an interview with the filmmaker, oh, so the nice. director and producer of this film. Um, so you guys can see that on our uh, YouTube or uh, go listen to the interviews of the filmmakers. Um, I will be watching it. Um, Omi means, I think, grandfather or grandparent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh. Which made Wait. a little bit more sense. Uh-huh. O-N-I? Omi. O-M-I? Yeah. Or, oh, I don't know why. Um, uh, I know someone who called their grandma Oma, so maybe Omi oh. means father, yeah. grandfather. Yeah, I, I believe it was grandfather, but it's yeah. uh, it's a it's a film, uh, it's a Jewish film about uh, um, it was almost like uh, he he said he he filmed it during the pandemic. It was just him and a partner of his, um, and I think his grandma's voice or something like that, but uh. It seemed interesting. It was almost like a horror relationship. Um, like his dead grandma's spirit possesses his girlfriend. Ew. Or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So was, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is an out there premise. Like that's not, yeah. uh, uh, that's a little bit uh, out there and interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in, I haven't seen it yet because I talked to him yesterday and I was up until four o'clock this morning. Um, <laughs> And I was not able to watch any other movies, so uh, I didn't get to watch his yet, but I will. So, uh, yeah, that's Omi. Um, Ramen, directed by Nathan Martin and produced by Nathan Martin. And then How Not to Date 
Wild Trans, <laughs> um, director uh, Nilian or Nilia Moon. Um, yeah, nobody watched that one, right? No. Right. Okay. You laughed, so I didn't know if maybe you would uh, watched it and thought it was funny. So, mm. <laughs> uh, Small Grass Short Film Program. Oh, my heart. Oh, did you watch this one? I did. Okay, I well. got through about half of them because I had to go see Little Satchmo, but ah, yeah, this one was the one that this was the the one that tore me up. Okay, well, you still have virtual passes, so you can watch the rest of these. I know if you want. <laughs> so, so small grass, real quick. It's called that because everything in this is kid relevant. Oh. Either, either. Oh, you told us that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, either yeah. ideas for movies that kids had, or kids were involved in the creative process, or kids acted in it. Um, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Deep Fears, directed by Ryan Chu and produced by Ryan Chu. It's about an otter who is afraid of the ocean until his pendant, that his, his little oyster necklace that his mother bought him or got him, who is implied that she is gone, drops into the ocean. He goes in to get it and begins to fall to the depths. And a seal or a little manatee comes and teaches him how to swim and teaches him to hold his breath and go underwater. And then they get all the muscles Hmm. and then they get to share them together. And at the beginning, he draws it in the sand. He draws a figure of him and his mom. And then at the end, it's a figure of him and the seal. It's very cute. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, Homebird, directed by... Uh, Iwa Smike? Homebird was interesting. Um, it's about a woman from Eastern Europe who uh, travels to a city. It's not really, it's not said where, but she brings a chicken. Um, the chicken is the homebird. And uh, she goes to the, she goes, she wants to be a, some kind of designer. As a designer, it, it's, it looks like she always do, wants to do like advertising. Goes to this office and uh, the best part of it is she she goes to the office, she makes a noise, and everybody kind of looks over her, and she's gone. And then she comes out from behind the plant, but she's small because it's showing how small she felt in that moment. I thought that was really clever, but yeah, it was it was it was cute. And both this one and the last one were both animated. Awesome, the devil we run. That one was really funny. Um. A small boy finds a hole in his backyard, which he automatically assumes is a gateway into hell and that the devil lives <laughs> down there. His older brother convinces him otherwise, but there is a touching moment between him and his dad. His dad lays him down for bed and they pray before he goes to sleep. And he says, he says something like, how do you outrun the devil? And he, the dad says something along the lines of like, that's a struggle that we all have to take or that we all have to do and things like that. It's very touching. But he has a friend in, in his next door neighbor. They have a window in the fence. And he goes and he goes, I have to show you something. And she shows her the hole. And she goes, well, obviously, that's where the devil lives. And she, she throws him a shovel over the top of it, over the fence. And he starts to fill it back in. And the end is him just screaming, like, primally. And his <laughs> older bro- it freaks his older brother out. And it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's really funny. I see the scream right there on the. Oh, yeah. Um, My Summer Vacation, directed by Kelly O'Sullivan. I feel like that's the second O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan. I've this seen. this one was a metaphor for climate change. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you finish reading the things? Uh, no. Producer oh. is also um, Elevated Films Chicago. Eddie and uh, Susie Linker, uh, Shane Simpson, and then Pierce Caverns. 
This also had the best child acting I had ever seen in my entire life. Wow. The best. That, and I was talking with Andre at the end, um, who agreed. It was, it was the best. A uh, young girl has her summer vacation in Italy, and she visits uh, Pompeii. And she began using the rest of the class. She began showing how that all happened. Um, and then she sits down at the end, and she looks out the window, and you see that San Francisco is on fire. And that the ground is shaking, which are the which were the things about Pompeii. And she says it wasn't it wasn't an automatic disaster. Like it didn't just happen. Like there were warning signs and people that were too poor couldn't leave and things like that. And so it was real. It was really beautifully done. I thought. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Hermit or Hermie. Um, directed by Jonathan Becker and Anthony. Pizzolis? This might be out of order. I don't remember that one. Wait, they, what, these, what's it about? Uh, these are all out of order. Uh, okay. The producer was an, uh, also Anthony uh, Pizzolis. <laughs> uh, an ocean scientist encounters his childhood hermit crab nope. friend. Okay. Did see one. Um, Cloud Boy, an autistic journey. I did not see that one. Uh, directed by Kieran uh, Firth Bernard and also produced by the same person. I feel like Tristan will probably watch that. Of course I will. <laughs> um, Dance or Drive, uh, directed by Stefan Snow and also produced by Stefan Snow. I did not see that one either. Okay, no problem. Uh, although, there, oh, is there more? Yeah. Okay. Turning the World, uh, directed by Enrique uh, Garcia and then produced by en- Enrique Garcia and then also Jenny Goddard Garcia and then Guillermo Acevedo. Uh, butchered that um persimmon branch is the last one directed by Haley white and produced by Haley white uh no but i do have ones that were not on that list Perfect. that are played it. so it, there's only two um and they both were the ones that messed me up the most <laughs> oh uh maybe they they might have been in front of us something else then yeah maybe if 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 they were that emotionally impactful <laughs> yes <laughs> gotta get you crying before you watch a feature both animated um the first one i believe is called fly core um, it, it wasn't, uh, it, I, I didn't catch a title card. Um, that one is about a dragon who becomes a postal worker for this, in this land of animals. Um, and it's, it's a metaphor for racism. Uh, he tries to, del- he just wants to help and deliver mail and he tries to deliver mail to this owl or vulture, I think. And the vulture every time just slams the door in his face, doesn't want to see him, doesn't want to talk to him. And the dragon thinks it's him. So the dragon like shaves down his horns and files down his claws and wears a mask so he covers up his covers up his fangs and things like that and eventually the dragon is like breaking down in the bathroom and his manager who's the owl comes in and they go together and the vulture is like obviously disgusted that the dragon has shown up again and but then he greets the owl with this smile and you know this very very welcome greeting and the owl hands him a, a "Do not deliver mail" list um, card, and it was it was very touching. Um, the other one is called uh, "The Perfect Fit," which I heavily identified with. That's the one that broke the camel's back. Uh, it's about a kid in orphanage um, who goes to the zoo, and uh, he goes around to all the animals, tell, telling them hello. And none of them are responding until he gets to the birds. And there is a bird that responds back with hello. And it kind of, he's very much bullied um, 
he gets uh uh anyway so all the kids in the orphanage end up like in his brain turning into these animals and then one by one people come to adopt these kids and so like the person who looks like the draft in his imagination gets picked up by people like the woman has her hair like done up like antlers on a giraffe and things like that and um yeah it was a, that just some heavy bullying stuff in it and yeah it was good okay and then i went and cried in my car for five minutes after that <laughs> um was that the end of the okay yeah. um next we have the kansas um kansas short films program um vegan apocalypse uh, I feel absolutely terrible because uh, director Patrick Poe and Lo Loren um, um, both directed and produced this, and I am semi-friends with them. I've talked to them multiple <laughs> times. And uh, apparently that was the first film that was shown during this, and I walked in like 10 minutes late or something. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't in there. And um, I will probably reach out to them to watch it uh, virtually if I can. Uh, because I can't wait to watch it because it uh, it won an award this weekend. So yeah. they they won an award for nice. Vegan Apocalypse. Congratulations! So congratulations <laughs> to both uh, Patrick Poe and Lolo Loren. Um, but unfortunately, I can't say anything about it. But I'm sure it was absolutely fantastic. It sounds mm-hmm. like a great premise. Um, Searching for La Yarda, um, uh, directed by Lorlo uh, Engel and Lordius or Lord. This Kalsa Agiri, um, both directed and produced by uh, them. Um, I don't know. I thought there was good information told here. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, um, second generational um, immigrants, specifically um, Spanish, I believe Central America or uh, uh, Mexico. Um, immigrants uh, in Lawrence. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of information I didn't know. I do think it was very heavy-handed with its uh, um, whites were racist, um, mm. which is understandable uh, because of the time period and such. Uh, I do think it got a little diluted um, with... Uh, and the, there's multiple films that that were shown where it, it it doesn't do a great job of uh differentiating between uh when they're talking about uh the 70s and the that racism mm-hmm. versus what we deal with today um it is different and gotcha. it is better um uh to say that they're the same is to lie about how bad it was back then mm-hmm. and i don't think it's i think sometimes they they muddy like, because they're just talking about the past, but then they act like it's still present, and it's that's not the case. Gotcha. Um, because there was stuff that I didn't know about. Um, in Lawrence, there were uh, specifically. I remember there was a story about uh, um, the pools, um, where immigrants were not allowed to use pools in Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, public pools, um, and how they had to go swim in uh, the lakes or sorry, the rivers. Which were not necessarily safe because right. they're rake they're, they're lakes or they're rivers, so it's flowing water, mm-hmm. and it's uh um there's banks that can uh, fall in and all that kind of stuff. And um somebody talked about a close call that they had while swimming in that river. Uh-oh. Um and so like there was obviously some information that I didn't know about. Uh, yep. They also talked about a flood that happened in Lawrence that greatly uh, hurt 
um, more immigrants than it did uh, uh, the white people in that town, which, sure. uh, again, is stuff that, like, that was really good information. There were just times where, like, they were talking about the racism and it acted like they were talking like it was just as much of, like, it wasn't differentiating between the 70s and now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, I know that there are still racist people in the world. There will never not be racist people in the world, but we have made progress. And to, to act like we haven't made progress, I think is a, is a, is a problem because it's showcasing that we haven't made progress, that we haven't done better than what we were in the past mm-hmm. and we should continue to do better. However, to not acknowledge that we are doing better, I think is a, is a problem. Mm. Um, and I, there were a couple movies that I saw that didn't, uh, toe that line well. Yeah. And you can even say that it's not perfect yet, but to not say anything and to say that it hasn't progressed, I think is kind of a, a problem. So, uh, but overall, I think there was a lot of information I didn't know. It's a 15 ish minute short, uh, about families in Lawrence. Um, and yeah, I, uh, um, still very much enjoyed it. Uh, the den, um, was a, this one was a narrative, uh, film directed by Jessica Quill, uh, Simerman. Okay. And produced by Jamie, uh, Thalman, uh, and in, and Eden Perry, sorry guys, and Eden Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well acted. I think one of the main characters is somebody that's fairly famous. Um, but nonetheless, it was a movie about a theater actor trying to make their way, and I didn't know if they were trying to portray the fact that this the director was physically assaulting her or Mm. if pushing her and she liked it. Like, um, like if she was okay with like the way that she was pushing, he was pushing her as an actress. Yeah. And so I, I, I just felt like it didn't quite, um, do the, uh, I I don't know. It didn't quite show me enough if that was supposed to be the good thing or the bad thing. Cause it felt like the bad thing. Mm. It felt like he was an asshole director that was specifically going on stage and directing her just to make out and touch her. Mm. Um, and that's the vibe I got, but then she continued to press in and be like, no, I want you to do this. Yeah. So like it felt weird. Um, so I didn't quite get the tone and then it really switches to the psychological horror at the end. And I liked that much more than I liked the, I don't know whether or not this is supposed to be a predatorial director or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were just some things there. There was some good stuff. I do like the twist horror at the end, but uh, I just uh, don't think it, I didn't quite get the uh, whether or not he was supposed to be predatory mm-hmm. or not. And it felt like it, but mm-hmm. then it was taking away at the same time. So gotcha. um, something to fear is a uh, documentary short that we saw at doc Sunback. Um, so I've already uh, kind of talked about it, uh, but this is by Brett Jones, directed by Brett Jones and produced by Brett Jones, um, about a derby basketball player that uh, made it to college and her struggles as a basketball player. Um, I think I have some notes. I thought I had something that I wanted to say about this, but I don't see. Wow. Oh, um I I kind of feel that uh, the movie is very much about her struggles of being a female basketball player and such. And I think it's just 
I think something that kind of gets skewed is the fact that uh, athletes are just insecure in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's supposed to be specifically talking about um, female um, women in that issue. But I, uh, like, I think it's just all athletes are insecure about their ability, insecure about um, the way that they look and the way that they have to put their passion into it. And I don't think it showed that well enough. Gotcha. Um, it was very specific on, oh, well, she's a female and she's tall and everybody asked how tall they are. It was like, I was a male and I was skinny as hell because I was a cross country runner and I was constantly talked about how skinny I was, mm-hmm. how blah, 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 I needed to eat more, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm doing, like, this is my profession. I, I am a runner. I have to be thin. Yeah. That's what I have to be. And I would still get all those comments and I don't take it as a rate or a sex thing at all. I just took it as I'm an athlete and people just don't understand what it means to be a legitimate athlete. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of missed the mark on that, but uh, I think it's still a really cool story for Kansas people because she's from Derby and made it to uh, uh, Oregon State. So there you go. Um, Trevor has to go here in a second, so I might. Uh... Oh, I still have. I I don't have to go until until four. Okay, That's what I need to, like, so we'll finish up the, this Kansas shorts, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll pick back up. I knew this was going to be a long podcast because we're talking about 220 films, mm-hmm. but uh, um, so the next one on here was it's okay to not be okay. Um, I had not seen this one yet. It's directed by Andrew White and produced by Andrew White and George Mullenix. Um, I did very much enjoy this. Uh, it's about Iron Man stuff, so not Iron Man as in the mm, oh. Iron Man competitions. Yeah, the weightlifting. And, and somebody that... Uh, the uh, name on here is Josh Wolf. Yes, I know. That's so funny. It's just uh, there's no E. That's our cousin. There's no E at the end of Wolf, though. Our cousin's name. Is, yeah. Doesn't he have an E at the end? Mm-hmm. I definitely thought the same exact thing. I was like, oh, is this going to be a story about... No, I was like, oh, oh no, there's no E at the crazy. end. So, uh, I knew it wasn't going to be about him, but it's just funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just interesting story about somebody going through uh, the thoughts of suicide and then uh, feeling th- like they have a passion in sports and then that kind of being ripped away at some point. So I had a little bit of a resonance to it or a personal connection with it. So um, good night, Mr. Van Vo. Uh, Good Night, Mr. Vincent Van Gogh, uh, directed by Lindsay Doolittle and produced by her. Um, we talked about this about Doug Sumback. Um, she's done a couple different projects, and all of them have been absolutely fantastic. This is an animated version um, of uh, a story uh, where her niece. We saw the yeah, we saw this at Doug Sumback. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely beautiful film. Uh, she, discussing suicide with someone younger Mm -hmm. um how difficult that conversation can be because they don't understand what depression is they don't understand what suicide is they don't understand any of that um it's a great story with great animation um it's animated by her or uh narrated by her niece uh, i found out um through the q a's and uh yeah the second time seeing it i loved it just as much as i saw it the first time it's a absolutely great film about discussing what it means to talk to a child about what happened to a family member that's not a normal like cancer accident whatever or old age it's it's different and it's hard to discuss what that is and so uh good film uh by her uh next one was grand nationals the 74 uh fire directed by patrick mazur and uh bobby abramite um and also produced by those two this is a blue barn production so kind of fans of theirs uh they kind of work with my our uncle kind yeah, of they thought. have before yeah 
Uh, this is a documentary about uh, Hutch uh, State Fair mm-hmm. and the um, uh, the dirt races that uh, perform there. This is a longer document. Oh, it's only 12 minutes. It felt like a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I'm not uh, into the State Fair. But still very well produced. Uh, a lot of great stories. I didn't know anything about how prestigious that, that uh, race is on the dirt circuit because um, mm. it's a dirt. Uh, although uh, they were really uh repetitive on they were like um what did they say 25 times uh they said um they talked about the concrete wall like at least 12 times (laughs) and i'm like i get it there's a concrete wall that makes it different than other races but like (laughs) can we get past the concrete wall like i'm there are i'm sure there are other great things about this thing like Mm -hmm. every single interview or the same guy yeah. interviewing, like every single time you talk about the the concrete wall, then he uh, another guy would talk about um, how it's like just as prestigious and as good as the Indy Five Hundred or whatever. And I'm like, wow! But he'd say that over and over and over and over. He's like, it's the Indy Five Hundred of dirt races. And I'm like, okay, that's that's really cool. And then two minutes later, it's the Indy Five Hundred of dirt <laughs> races. Two minutes later, it's the Indy Five Hundred. I'm like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that this is a very prestigious race. Yeah. It seems like it. It seems like people from all over that do these dirt races are really good, uh, or like like they all like they come to this one for a reason, like because yeah. it's a great race. I totally get it, uh, but you don't need to say it thirty five times. <laughs> um, and then uh, it, it talks about the fire that happened in seventy four, um, how miraculously nobody died in an absolutely t- terrible crash mm-hmm. that had a like. 40 50 foot explosion in the middle of the track wow multiple cars uh pile up all on fire and uh nobody somehow miraculous nobody died there's a famous picture called the the leap of uh survive i don't know there's an actual name for it i can't remember Mm. but a picture of somebody jumping out of a car and if he did not make that jump he would have burned alive in the car yeah Uh, because back in 74 they didn't have fireproof suits uh or anything and that that specific crash is what made them force um fireproof uh suits yeah they said uh there were people on there that have been racing for 50 years or whatever and they said they used to go do these races in tank tops and shorts uh and that was normal yeah um and then after that after that crash and seeing it live and everything Mm. they all everybody had to be in fireproof suits and everybody was okay with it yeah like before there was already like a introduction to trying to do it and everyone was like no i don't want to spend 500 dollars on a suit yeah and then after that wreck everyone was like nope 100% 100% everybody needs to have it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep everyone safe. And apparently the fire uh, there was a problem with the firefighters at the time. Yeah. So they weren't actually on location. <laughs> uh, and usually in those kind of events you have a fire yeah. like a, you have a fire truck on location. They weren't mm. because of something else. And so like it wasn't immediately taken care of. So yeah. uh, the cycle um, directed by uh, Olivia Herman uh, produced by the University of Kansas. Um Filmmaker was there. Um, it was uh, kind of uh, it tried to be a time loop hmm. film, and I don't think it quite hit the mark. Um, there were obviously some good stuff with some uh, some horror aspects, uh, with some creepy vibes. I think some shots were done well, um, but I think the overall like the overall story didn't quite land as much as I mm-hmm. like as much as I think they had hoped it would. Yeah. Um, shaky hands. This is directed by Caitlin Cody and produced by Caitlin Cody. So another one, uh, by Caitlin Cody. Um, this was very abstract. 
um, story about loss. Um, I don't know if it a thousand percent hit with me, um, but I think they still got some of the the ideas and feelings that they were trying to portray mm-hmm. through. Um, there were just uh, there was a major dialogue scene between a mother and a in uh, the sun. Um, and uh, it was very off-putting. I think it was purposely off-putting, mm. um, but it was uh, hard to watch off-putting, yeah. um, especially with uh, the subject material before and after. Um, so maybe that was the purpose, to be a little irritated at the moment. But uh, yeah, um, still some enjoyable stuff there. Um, As the Crow Flies, uh, Sophia Baldwin uh, is the director and producer, along with Alan Moe. I talked to the director and watched this one myself. Um absolutely uh loved it it's a great premise uh the person is a huge fan of nacho libre and that was the inspiration <laughs> behind it I so i do uh i implore both of you to watch it since you guys are both huge nacho libre fans um yeah. really good bit uh the actors were great um yeah just really funny it's pretty short and sweet um there's oh well, i guess it's 15 minutes so a little bit longer for short but uh they use the full for uh, some uh, – uh, it starts as a bit and to be funny, and then it kind of ends with some uh, serious stuff. Um, I, I don't know if 100% of the serious stuff was fully uh, drawn out enough. I just don't think it had enough time, I think, uh, to fully portray the depth of what they were trying to go for um, because they had to kind of say it mm-hmm. when they were trying to show it. And I think they just – I don't know if they ran out of time or whatever, but um, – also, the whole entire movie, not the whole movie, a big portion of the movie was shot uh, inside of a McDonald's, hmm. um, which uh, I talked to her about how she was able to do that. And she said that um, it almost didn't happen. And she was like, the whole entire premise of the movie is centered around uh, being in a drive through and she almost didn't have a drive through to do it with. And she was like, it would have been awful because it would have just been a fake set drive through and it wouldn't have communicated it wouldn't have looked real. Yeah. So right. uh, very glad that she was able to because the whole theater was laughing, like laughing out loud on this one. That was, mm-hmm. th- there were two movies that I had a whole theater laughing out loud. Uh, this was one, and the other one was um, the uh, 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 the one about the broom and the swept away, mm. swept away. Yeah. Um, Scream I didn't watch, uh, but that is directed by J. S. Hampton and produced by J. S. Hampton. Uh, Death by Koji, uh, Julian Libby. Uh, and produced by uh, Julie Libby. Uh, that was at Doc Sumback. I did not watch this one here. Really good film um, showing somebody's life and their transition um, and how their art progressed throughout their life and being accepted as a person. Um, the Walking uh, In the Walking Dust, uh, directed by Jordan Horsch and then produced by Jordan Horsch as well. And I did not see that one either. Maybe, actually. Yes, I did. Um, it's in three parts. This, uh, yes, I did watch this one. It's in three parts. Um, very obscure, and uh, you don't quite know what's uh, what's going on. Um, they kept on saying uh, there ain't no something out there. Hmm. Um, they said it in like three different ways. Um, so I just said ain't no nothing was my note <laughs> um, because they used to say, like there ain't no bus. There ain't no like something. Mm-hmm. I remember the bus, but uh, there ain't no not there ain't no something out there. Anyways, uh, I didn't really get what uh, what they were trying to communicate, but uh, maybe I just missed it. Um, but some uh, at least good set designs and uh, um, 
a decent main actor. So, or actress. Good. My bad. Okay. Um, we're gonna have to take a break because uh, we have a lot of stuff that we're reviewing and it's taking a very long time. Um, but we're almost done with the shorts. Uh, and Trevor has to go work. So, uh, we're gonna take a short break. Um, and then we're gonna be back with some more of the shorts. If you haven't heard your one read yet. We will get there, and then we will jump into narratives, which the narratives will uh, uh, be able to run through a little bit faster because there's 20 narratives versus uh, 200. So, okay, um, we'll see you guys in just a few seconds. Sponsor of today's episode is Newsly. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web and topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a nice voice. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing, so you can stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow any topics uh, like sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you out loud. And they have podcasts as well, exploring trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Our podcast, The Movie Moron, is there too. I started using it as my default podcast app lately, and they even have digital radio. Uh, download and use Newsly for free now at www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code T-H-E-M-M that I will also put in the description and receive a one-month free premium subscription service. So download the Newsly app now. All right, um, we are uh, back again <laughs> after uh, uh, back no, again. No break for you, but a break for us. Or actually, I might have thrown some ads in there. We'll see. Um, we are going through uh, the last of the shorts that we need to go through. Um, the next segment was a geo block short film program. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go through all of those. Uh, I hope we all have our notebooks. Uh, yes. Yep. Is that a lie? No. You're smiling at me like you don't have your notebook. I have it. Okay. <laughs> it looked like a. I didn't forget it, but uh, anyways, the first movie on this uh, docket. Um, hopefully, we can get through these very quickly, and then we can get to the uh, narratives. But. Uh, um, I yeah, there you go. I'm already seeing some that uh, I had that were in blocks that weren't on there. Um, Bo was the first one, uh, directed by Isaiah Smith, uh, producer Mike Sylvia and Isaiah Smith. Um, anybody watch that one? Yes, that was the one that uh, Trevor and I saw with the mom. And gotcha. The so yeah, that was one that we already talked about. So yes. those are the directors. We already talked about the film. Um, so yeah, uh, conviction. Um, uh, that is directed by Stacy Davis, uh, produced by Lauren Musgrove and Maggie Brown. Uh, I did in fact see this one. I thought it was extremely uh, interesting. It's about um, a woman that killed uh, somebody's mother as uh, because they were uh, the father was having an, an, basically a mistress killed the mother trying to kill the father. Um, because she found out that she was a mistress and not, mm. and, and confronted him, um, and then huh. obviously was not very good with a gun and shot the wrong person and accidentally killed uh, a mother. And it was uh, the a daughter, the daughter's perspective, and the uh, mistresses uh, who's now like yeah. seventy years old. 
Oh. Uh, because she was in jail for like 25 years or something. Oh. So that's why it's called conviction. And uh, it, I was just very interesting. I Not hmm. something that <laughs> obviously is uh, common. Um, and it was yeah. cool to s- hear that story. Um, so, yeah. Um, Elvis of Leos uh, is the next one. Uh, director was Van Didiavong. Uh, uh, producer was Van Didiavong. Yeah, that's another one that we saw in the Sweet. Mm-hmm. music and dance awesome. shorts. Well, there you go. Um, those are the directors and producers of that film, and we already talked about that one. Um, the Hairdresser or uh, La Coffeeus. I butchered it. I'm so sorry. But uh, that was directed by Lorraine Price. And Lorraine Price, um, anybody see that one? Nope. Okay. Nyoto <laughs> Problem. Um, La Macana. <laughs> Uh, directed by Maria Mala and uh, producer was Bianca Biruti. Okay. Um, Mama, directed by uh, Aslak uh, Dunbolt, and producer was Malid uh, Menamuni uh, and Mari Alafiser. Anyone on that one? Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Messenger. Uh, directed by Jessica W. Love and producer was Jessica W. Love. Um, nope. My Dudis. I'm probably <laughs> saying that wrong, but uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Tom uh, Krusk, Krauski. I'm so sorry. Uh, is the director. Uh, producer is Nick J. Santori. Um, the Perfect Fit was also in this. Um <laughs> Block it of movies. Is that one that you saw? one we talked about earlier. Okay. Small grass. Awesome. Um, uh, Menirdes uh, Valkivikis is the director. I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's a Lithuanian name <laughs> and uh, a movie from Lithuania. So <laughs> sorry for butchering that one. Uh, uh, producer, I will also butcher your name. Uh, but Akavili uh, Bluchuti. Um, was uh, the producer of that film. Um, uh, Placenta Petit. Petit? Um, director is Ty Salisbury. And uh, producer is Chloe Brown and Saffron Watson. Um, I don't think that was one that I saw. Um, either of you guys? <laughs> okay, just make sure. Uh, trapping into our past, or tapping into our past, tapping into our future. Uh, Aodale. I, I don't even know how to say that word. That's a normal English word. Yes, I, think. I saw that one. It was a. Okay. Uh, it was just a historical, uh, informative history piece on tap dance as it uh, came from African American gotcha. culture into America. Awesome. Um, America. The <laughs> the d- d- director uh, of that one was Jennifer Burton and Iris uh, Iris Burton, and producers uh, executive producers were Henry Lewis. Uh, Gates, uh, normal producers were Gabrielle Burton, Jennifer Burton, uh, Ursula Burton, Maria Burton, (laughs) and Charity Burton of Five Sisters Productions with uh, Taft's production team. That makes sense. So all the Burtons. Um, We Are Here, um, directed by uh, Dominica Castros uh, and Constanza. Castros producers are them and they were the writers as well um, <coughs> I don't 
think no i did not see this one sound familiar but uh, i don't think that was one that i saw non-negotiable a couple oh sorry uh non-negotiable director is mike doxford producer is mike doxford jill winter uh winter knits uh christy malcolm uh those were the producers director was uh mike doxford um so that's the end of that uh little segment i think a lot of these are ones that uh got put into some short segments from what i can tell Mm. um Blender, uh, directed by Sarah Adams. Uh, producer was Brett Castle, Sarah Adams, uh, Maggie Ruth Austin. Um, Bus Girl, director is Jessica Henwick. Uh, producer is Louis Pomkovis uh, Hansen. Uh, Deliver, um, director is Hannah Dweck. Um, producers are Theodore Schaffer and Haley Rawson. Uh, the Did diamond, that, huh? Uh, deliver is one that I saw oh, in the awesome. horror shorts. Oh, and already we, talked. Yeah, about we it. already talked about it. So um, to say that was it. Yes, no, no. I, I want you to say that so that uh, people know um, what you talked about uh, is connected to these directors and producers and such. The diamond, uh, directed by um, uh, Vadiran Rubik. Uh, producer is. Uh, Simon Macedonian uh, and Christian Kusmanin. Kusmanin. Um, Dolabio is fire. Um, I'm sure I uh, didn't say that correctly, um, but that is directed by Ithoshia uh, Hilton, um, with the producers being uh, Millie Marsh, um, Elizabeth Hopper, and Amy Dowd. Um, Le Centurus des uh, Rives, Censor of Dreams. Um, director is Leo Barney. Uh, producer is Charlie, or Charles Mari uh, Antonios, uh, Morad uh, Belkadar, uh, Jean Duma, Duhamel, uh, Nicholas. Thermidy, uh Camille Lambert, and Albert Zuarshvili. Um, you guys can just listen to this as a comedy podcast and me trying to say names. <laughs> uh, the Nipple Whisperer, uh, directed by Van or Jan Van Dyke. Oh, Jan Van Dyke. Um, producer uh, Nino uh, Lombardo and Ben uh, Vander. Irvan Denail, um, Risk Falling, um, directed by Jonathan Farcloth Kirk, uh, also the producer. I uh, did in fact see this one, and it was one of the uh, one of the ones that I did in fact enjoy. Um, it was a cool bit. Uh, it had to do with podcasting, so obviously I was a little bit uh, interested, um, but uh, more showing the. Uh, how fake uh, money podcasters are and mm. how they're like, oh, you just need to do these things to gain wealth and blah, 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 um, and showcasing that. All of that is fake. They got their money in different avenues um, and they're just putting on a front to make more money and they're just uh, using you as a way to, to grow their wealth um, <laughs> because they already had wealth through more than likely some sort of family member that got them a job or gave them grants because that's the that's what happened in this certain scenario so um 
yeah, I don't know. A decent, not necessarily life lesson, but uh, a decent story there um, that was uh, acted, I think, fairly well. Uh, Shark, which Tristan already talked about. Uh, Nash Edgerton uh, was the director. Producer is Michelle Bennett. Um, uh, Slasher Squad, which is another one Tristan already talked about. Director is uh, Nathan Stone and Stuart Campbell, and he was all, or they were also the producers of the film. Um, that is it for that block. Um, uh, August Sky. Uh, director is Jasmine Tanucci. Uh, producers are Carl Olson and Ricardo Mordock. Um, and Henrik Carvalas. Um, uh, I don't think any of us saw that one specifically, but uh, congrats on making it in. I guess this is a world premiere as well. So oh, cool. Um, I think maybe a lot of these were world premieres, uh, these geoblock things, but I could be could be wrong. Um, the Bathtub, um, directed by Sergei uh, Marty, and then produced by Joseph Pye. Um, Bird in the Peninsula, directed by Atishi Wada. Um, this is one that I saw and I think was by far the most confusing of the movies that I saw. Okay. Over. I was like, did I see that? That sounds really familiar. But I, no, you told us you. about that. Yeah. I showed you a bit of it. It's by far one of the weirdest ones I saw. <laughs> it's completely 2D animation with um, a very specific uh, <laughs> ancient um, art style um, with how they draw faces <laughs> and stuff. And uh, yeah, just a very odd story. Um that I um, assume he was on some edibles when he wrote and decided to go ahead and, <laughs> and write that story out. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it was definitely out there, um, but at least drawn well and animated well. I will give it that. Um, and I know a few people that I talked to all thought that this was uh, the weirdest ones of the, uh, I don't remember exactly, it might have been the kitchen sink ones. Mm. That would make sense. But uh, yeah, uh, dancing. Um, directed by Mark Abison, and then producer is Charlene George Gal Greenspan, and then Andrew Mauger. Uh, the Dress, um, directed and produced by Marie Carcassi. I'm sorry for uh, butchering your name, and we even talked to you uh, for a little bit yesterday at the uh, at the last gala, uh, and I did in fact see your movie. And uh, and thought it was a, a really good piece. She talked about how it was a commentary and how she wasn't able to see her son for a year and a half because of COVID mm. and the travel restrictions and such. Uh, being a, um, I assume, from out of the country and not just being able to travel back and forth and see her son. Mm. And so um, it obviously isn't specifically that story, uh, but that's the inspiration behind it. Mm. And it has to do with not being able to see the son that, I mean, your son. It's just a, a different way. and. Um, yeah, it was very, very interesting and also very, uh, um, uh, sad at times. Mm. Um, horror, uh, directed by Jeanette Deloney, uh, and also produced by uh, Jeanette Deloney. Um, The Lonely Store, uh, directed by Amy Rohr and produced by Andrew Bergamo. Love Barbara, uh, directed by, uh, Brady O'Connor and also produced by Brady O'Connor and uh, Myriam 
sorry, uh, Myriam uh, Schrotier. And I'm sure that was a glorious sound for you guys to hear. <laughs> um, we have the Vortex short films. Um, I don't think anybody's got to see this block specifically, uh, but there might be some that we saw out of this. Um, Where Are the Flies? Directed and produced by Philip Davis. or Davies. Uh, Emperor of My Melod- Melodious Mind? Melodious? Melodious? Tristan's got it. Empire of the Melodious Mind. Uh, director is Jeanette Louis, uh, or Louis, and uh, also the producer is Jeanette Louis. Um, everybody Goes to the Hospital did, in fact, win a award mm. for the weekend. Um, so everybody goes to the hotel, directed by Tiffany Kimmel and uh, produced by Charles Pieper, uh, Piper and Mackenzie Stubert. Um May We Know Our Strength, directed by G.E. Ping, uh, and also produced by G.E. Ping. And then uh, Amanda Bing Bong Feikia. Um, that's my... Nailed it. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you know who you are, Amanda, uh, and you can look her up. Uh, uh, sorry for butchering your name, but uh, that she was a producer on the film. Um, Among the People, uh, directed by Jodie Cleaver and also produced by Jodie Cleaver and um, City of Melbourne. Um, Asaman, or Asaman, um, directed by uh, Katrina Brooke Flores and produced by GIT Productions in Tuki uh, LLC. I did, in fact, watch this one because I talked to, I believe, the director, so Katrina um, before on one of the uh, VIP happy hours or lunches or something of the sort um, and talk to her about the film. Uh, it's very uh, abstract, uh, very more of a feeling and a trip than it is a narrative story of any kind. Um, and she wanted it to be that. So she portrayed exactly what she wanted. It was supposed to be two um, eternal twins or soul bonded people. Um, and that's kind of what they got. Um and said the film might be a little, uh, might be a lot of fun if you take some shrooms beforehand. So there you go. Omnipotent. Boom. Glow. <laughs> Omnip- on, yep. See, it's just words in general. Dale yeah. Small <laughs> is the director and also produced uh, Omnipotent uh, Glow. Yeah. Uh, seven Pounds, Eight Ounces uh, was directed by Yuli or Yoli, and then directed by Yoli and then produced by uh, Zinli. Uh, Evelyn uh, N. Evelyn Martinez. Um, I'm, I can't see her bill name, unfortunately. Uh, Cath- Cathedral? Cathedral. Uh, Cathedral. Wow, look at that. Um, Cathedral, directed and produced by James Bessicara. Um, Island and Flower, or Land and Flower, directed by David Wayne Reed and produced by David Wayne Reed. Um, More Than I Want to Remember. Amy Bench uh, and produced by Amy Bench, um, uh, Mugeni uh, Ornella and Carolyn uh, Meerman. Um, I think we only have one more short segment, if I believe correctly. I think that is true. Um, Warshaw, uh, directed by Danny Badir uh, and produced by Carolyn D- Diaz. Uh, Shall I come? Or shall I compare you to a summer day? Um, Mohammed Shaki Hassan was the director. Then the uh, screener was also him. And there are no producers on that film. Uh, 
Trevor, I remember you said that you had a few that uh, you still had to talk about. So were they not on the list? Ta- tapping in was one. And then okay. the other one was, uh, you might have said it while I was in the bathroom. It was uh, Better to Have Loved. Better to Have Loved. I don't remember Okay. That. Well, why don't you talk about that one for a second, and then I'll find the ones that I, I didn't get on here yet. Yeah. That was uh, Better to Have Loved. was a film by a friend of a friend, um, Nora Graham. <clears throat> um. And it was interesting. It was a. It was kind of a cool take. Um, that sound editing in it was very good for being a student film. I was pretty impressed with it. Actually, the much like the Florida State one, Wichita State helped produce this one, and so the production value just in general was pretty on the higher end. But yeah, she's a. Uh, 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 the main girl in that and Nora are both stage actresses turned film actresses. Um, Due to the pandemic and trying to maintain getting work, right? So, yeah, but I enjoyed it. Awesome. I think the only one I think I uh, I think it was stated, but I forgot that was the title. Mm. It's called Visions. Uh, I did watch that in front of uh, uh, Lowness County um, and the Black Power. Um, yeah, that was a documentary. Um, and Visions was, I guess, in the same field of that movie, so they definitely picked them to be together for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shows uh, stories of different immigra- uh, immigrants, specifically second-generation immigrants, mm-hmm. and that specific struggle of uh, being raised by uh, parents that uh, have a certain viewpoint on the world and the uh, and United States of America, and then... Uh, the struggle of uh, having to be that intermediate person in the family uh, between their country and Mm -hmm. the U.S. and all of that. So Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting. Um, It was a little anti-capitalist. That was one note that I put on there. So, uh, But other than that, I I think it was a very interesting story. I don't think there was anything uh, else uh, that I had on here that were not feature films. So, um, There there was one that I watched that was before the yeah. feature. Yeah, go for it. It was, it was called Fake Tools. And I came in like right as it was starting and I wasn't I missed the title, but I I saw it later when I was looking um through the schedule and stuff. But it was there were no words, it was just sounds of like fake tools. So the first tool that was on there, it was 2D uh animation and the first tool they were scissors but instead of blades they were whisks and so the sound of two whisks like the image would move and you would hear the sound of two whisks hitting each other and then there was like a hammer i want to say wrench i don't know if that's the right term oh of course a hammer wrench what i'm just kidding it's fake yeah it, it it's a hammer on the top and then it is the normal thing and then it was like making the sound of going up and going down is that what a wrench does i need you to say that all one more time <laughs> is a wrench the tool that looks like this that goes wide a and it goes down yes yeah that's real okay yeah. well the top part was a hammer that's not real no but i see what you're saying that yes. that was the the fake tool that yeah. showed okay but honestly Okay, people were cracking up. Everybody thought it was, oh. like, really funny. It was before... Funny movie, yeah. It was before uh, it started with a horse. 
And I could Let's not hand it did. I cannot handle the sounds. I wanted to throw up. I hated oh, I hated the sounds so much. Though, so. I'm just saying. I, I that's why I said everyone thought it was funny. Yeah. It was and you were clever. Just like quenching and but I'm like sound. <laughs> They didn't have they they didn't have highly sensitive people in mind when they were mil- making that film. Yeah, they weren't being inclusive to the HSPs. Yeah, that's okay. I guess, I guess maybe the other horror movie be. we can make is just ASMR for forty five minutes. Oh my goodness, no! Oh stop, 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 stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, well, sweet. Uh, so that's the end of the. Sh- that's the it. That's the end of the uh, the short discussion. Uh, we'll be doing a narrative that'll come out a little bit later. Um, and if for whatever reason we haven't talked about your movie yet, it is very possible that it is in a section of a uh, narrative feature, um, and we will cover it because um, we're just going down the list. And it says that now we're to the narrative film. So um, yeah, uh, if we didn't have. Like, a whole lot to say about your film. I'm sorry we didn't get to watch everything, um, but I hope you at least appreciated hearing that your film was recognized not only by Tallgrass Film Festival, but also us and the people that went. There were people that watched it. Um, There were people at every single segment uh, throughout the festival, and Mm -hmm. people definitely saw your movie. And even though we didn't specifically, we still wanted to state your name in your movie um, so that you and everybody uh, around that listens to this knows uh, your movie was shown and watched and appreciate for what it is and what it does uh, for um, film festivals in general, but more specifically Tallgrass Film Festival. So mm-hmm. thank you guys all for uh, listening to the first part of our 17-part, uh, um, uh, <laughs> not Ducks on Back, uh, <laughs> Tallgrass <laughs> Film Festival. Uh, it should just be three parts, uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, uh, actually, I guess four parts with the interviews. But uh Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk about narratives here in the next couple days. So uh, stay around for that. If your film was a part of the uh, one of not narratives, the features. If your uh, if your film was a feature, we'll talk about those um, here in the next couple days. So thank you guys. Hey moron! You talking to me? You talking to me? There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? <laughs> what an idiot! What do you expect? I'm the movie moron. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Don't call me stupid. Oh, right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! I've known sheep that could outwit you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. (laughs) No offense. No, none taken.